0: Welcome to Spotlight, the official podcast of Truffle. I'm Benham. I'm JP,
1: and I'm Gareth.
0: And we're back, lads. We survived last week. We fa- survived our first foray into into video and Twitch and YouTube. Uh, eagle-eyed people might have spotted the uh, the stressing in my face in that first uh, hour or so, and the <laughs> effort that maybe I put into uh, to get that audio version to work. But it worked in the end. I think it worked out well. I think it was a it was a good first experiment. Uh, we all survived, anyway, JP
2: we did and, and it wasn't like me and Gareth and Steph. I had to do all the running around that you were doing or what try, trying to get a million and one things sorted out so brilliant job sir and Perfect. for the edit as well because um, it's not easy trust me but yeah I thought it came across well a couple of compliments a couple of things a little ego boost so <laughs> um, someone said I looked a bit uh, younger in what I think is an ongoing battle between me and Gareth to try and reverse time <laughs> between us <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's like the modern version of like Hot Or Not. Did you ever use Hot Or Not? Where you'd like put your picture no. on the internet and people would rate you out of ten. Oh, it's all big
2: in the uh, in the early two thousands. Oh, I do I do remember this. We've we'll got lost in the social network kind of. <laughs> Forty or not, that'll be the app for uh, for Grapple. There you go, Gareth, there's an idea.
1: Well, well there you go, you remember JP and I don't, so they so I am <laughs> I am, I, I have to shoulder. That that week, that weak difference between us <laughs> came into play there.
2: It was. And it is a week, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck's sake! That's it's a big that. week, though, <laughs> a massive
0: week in middle. And the best us I saw on it on Twitter this week. Gareth and you yeah, we were talking about like time, as usual. Like I, I, I think a, my point was about something to do with how Bret Hart when he when he when he returned to Raw, there's less time between that and him wrestling in WCW than, than present day, and how, how much that blows my mind. That um, you know more time has passed now since that. And you were like, "Yeah, my best one is like, was it Mean Gene? Was it? Know, no, know, yeah, a WrestleMania one. Fuck me. Was he older no, than uh, you,
1: or uh, the same age? Oh, it, was, it was the same age. It was almost like the same age to the month. I was, um, I was, I was just pissing about on the WWE network, just like, and then I came across. There was. Like the old sort of VHS videos that they used to like release, and I used to have a British Bulldogs one that were, that was had been re-released over here, and it was from like '86, and Mean Gene's doing this like classic interview with them in the gym, and I was thinking, how old was Mean Gene here, kind of thing, and then I looked, and it was just like a touch old, like touch older than me, and I was like, fuck off, guy, and then like I was like, worked out, you know, I was working it out exactly and then I like remembered him like singing because he sung didn't he at WrestleMania 1 and I was thinking like oh my god am I the same age as me and Gene there and I had a look and it was like yeah exactly the same he's there like portly no hair with his muzzy just like eternally an, an eternal old man and I was just like oh, I cannot believe this that was because I always punish myself with it if like every birthday I'm always looking and saying like oh who, who am I older than now kind of thing and that one's just <laughs> taking the cake I think it's just fucking killed it for me now the idea of that. <laughs> Fucking
0: meat Gene. Unbelievable. It's like uh, Steve Austin, retired at 38. I'm two years away from that. It's terrifying. Worse, I did, um, people will be able to listen to it this week, Music of the Mat, uh, where we talked Eddie Guerrero's themes. Uh, I'm going to be on that. I think it comes out Tuesday night. Um, Talking about Eddie Guerrero, 38 when he died. Like, think of what he packed into those years, you know, or like I say, the Steve Austin example, think of what he packed in those years before thirty-eight, like I doubt in the next two years I'm going to accomplish anything near that. Uh It's fucked. It as, as you get older, it's just uh, it's kind of you can all try. Like this. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> That's no excuse. Goldberg did it. Come
2: on, <laughs> I, I think Batista started about this age, so you know, always an option, JP. Exactly. Now look at him; he's got fucking featured role in June, and I'd say there's more chance of him winning an Oscar than like any chance of like The Rock ever doing anything like that, which I know sounds silly, but his work in that film with that kid, the one where he plays a spy, I mean, it's great stuff. He's a real actor, he takes this seriously, he's a thespian,
0: is our, our big Dave. Uh, mad at him, because he's still got me blocked on Twitter, but you know, he's not the yeah. only one, so, you know, I'll let that go. Uh-
2: Snag <laughs> off Road Dog and Shawn Michaels at your peril. <laughs> oh, they all end
0: up with, what's that right wing one? Uh, Taylor, Tola, what's it called? That one parlor, that's it, isn't it? Where the old, oh yeah, where Drake, uh, Drake Younger has, uh, has disappeared to, um, where all the, uh, yeah, all the cancelled Twitter figures go. That's where Road Dogg will pop up next
2: with his Trump supporting. Yeah, MAGA blaming everything on bloody, oh um, well, the QAnon shite, all mm. those lot. Yeah, Incel City, I imagine it is on there. Oh yeah, totally.
3: Yeah,
2: um, but yeah, I was going to say you guys been up too much since
0: the uh, since the uh, the video recording last week. We had a we've had a long eight days uh, since the last one. Uh, no footy this weekend, so We can't throw in our, uh, our fancy football chat at this point, although I know it's uh, getting you very stressed this uh, international uh, break weekend. JP, uh, I assume you were paying very close attention to the uh, the England game and uh, and all. Did England play? I'm not even
2: sure. I don't care. To be it was the first time I'd watched an England-friendly in what felt like, possibly at the time where I went, mm-hmm. which was a game against Belgium that they played at Wembley. And I went with my mate to watch England-Belgium and England won 1-0. And it was just before a major championship. i might been before Euro 2016. I could be wrong on that. Um, and that was the last time I'd seen an England-friendly and I had to be there for it. Mm-hmm. And I watched Ireland. And long-term listeners will know that I've been bullishly optimistic about Irish football. I may well have got the timeline wrong. (laughs) I'm going to stick to my comments, though, because there's really no other way of backing out of it. But watching that game was a a chastening fucking experience. It really was. And it's always made worse by the usual thing of, like, Bukayo Saka played great as well. Because, of course, he's going to because he's, he's an Arsenal player playing against Ireland, much in the same way Robbie Keane would score against Arsenal. It's just like, of course he does. Of course, John O'Shea hits a great goal, and he happens to be from Waterford, the fucker. So the day, there was a day of sport on, on Saturday that went with the under-21s losing 2-1 to Iceland, followed by Waterford losing to Limerick in the hurling, followed by Ireland losing to Wales, after seeing Ireland lose to England as well. Um yeah I then started work on the on the Jeff Jarrett series as I told you so I was like fuck this I can't be dealing with any more sport this weekend Where's Fantasy Premier League? Where's that?
0: <laughs> I was enjoying you and uh, James are going back and forth in our uh, our secret uh, Eurograps yep. uh, group chat on Twitter about some kind of Irish. Ball. I don't know what you're talking about. Like you just say names and like I assume it's like hailing <laughs> or something or like someone's throwing early. a ball into some kind of net. Um, I don't really know. You seem very passionate about it and like I enjoy that. Yeah. Like you know, I think your lads are more into that stuff than they are the other fuzzy, aren't they? So I think that's a you've done well,
2: JP, as an Irish dad. I think you've uh, you've trained them well especially with this accent as well, you'd think they just like the inherent violence involved. Mm. I think they just love the fact that it kind of, it it feels a bit more brutal. And then you remind them, yeah, none of these boys are being paid Mm. or they are kind of paid in kind with jobs and the rest of it. But anyway, that's a much bigger conversation, (laughs) not for this show. (laughs) Um, But yeah, the eldest likes, likes the football, but he was watching it as well. And I expected them to lose. It felt like a light relief in the middle of a bit of a shit sandwich. To be honest with you, um,
1: well, yeah. I, was just, I was just laughing because in that group chat where you and like I, the messages were just like coming in, and it was like, oh, we're going to get humped here, and oh, it's 2 0 or whatever kind of thing. And I was thinking, like, oh, who's was twatting Ireland here. And then so <laughs> when I the BBC Sport happened, it was like, oh, it's England <laughs> kind of thing. And I, was, I had literally no idea that match was happening. <laughs> yep. Um, and he really,
2: it was like the depth. In, Jack Grealish as well, like playing well, who played Ireland under 21s. Obviously, and I give my right ball to play for Ireland at this point in time. But that's maybe not happened. the under twenty ones, JP. Yeah, exactly. Well, he's not—he's no Declan Rice. He got three fucking caps for Ireland before he switched over because the Dildo Brothers offered him a big new contract to West Ham, didn't they? It's so. like
0: uh, Arteta tried that, didn't he? Because he, he like when he came through, like when he was at his peak for Everton. Like mm. there was about like twelve other players who played his position for Spain, so he never even got in the squad and like there was a point where I think it was a Capello trying to get him to to sign up for England but I think technically he'd played like two Spanish youth games or something like that so they wouldn't let him in imagine that Arteta for England I think we'd have both been happy there JP
2: like do you know I would have been happy with that because I I love him even if he does great man at times he looks like a vampire have you noticed (laughs) It's like a cross between a vampire and a Colombian
1: drug lord.
2: Like, you know, you know, if it he, looks like if he had you killed in Narcos, you'd be like, yeah, that sounds about right. I,
1: I, I always think he looks like Tom Cruise in Vanilla Sky when he's got like, you know, when he's like scarred up.
3: His face is fucked.
1: <laughs> yeah, like he looks like, it looks like he should be better looking than he is, or something like that. His face is a bit off. <laughs>
2: Such Whoa. a bad film. <laughs> it is awful. It is. I went to the cinema to see that and I was fucking angry. Better uh, or worse than Titanic, do you think? Um, well, Titanic had the last hour mm. of like, yeah, you lot all deserve to drown. Apart from Kathy Bates. She was a good crack for the couple of scenes she was in it. But um, yeah, yeah, definitely that. <laughs> uh, have you been up
0: so much gareth any uh any news in, uh, in grapple towers this week you had your COVID test yet i have one today
1: no no i haven't i haven't been for another i've i've been inside a t- insider uh, feed to the council tells me that not many people have been doing it this week as well it's massively um, uh, massively died off apparently so we'll see yeah, well, how successful successful trial goes and apparently there's two tests that you can have i don't, I don't know the fucking scientific Intricacies of it, but there has been a lot of people getting uh, doing both tests and one saying positive and one saying negative. So um, we'll see how uh, see how oh, successful fuck. this is. <laughs> see how successful this is. So we wow. never know that that uh, that negative test that you had, Benno Oh shit. Maybe, don't hang, maybe don't hang your hat on it. <laughs> <laughs> I was
0: well impressed as well. I went down to like the the local uh, local gym by me. The army are all there, which is fucking terrifying. Like it's just just army on the streets. Tory
2: dream, that isn't it? Army roaming the streets
0: of Liverpool. I oh, know, I know. But they were lovely fellas too. Fair got me in. I was in and out in less than five minutes. Got my test results in about twenty-five minutes. It was it was the horrible one, like the stick it up, you know, stick it down your yeah. throat type of thing. But it came back negative, so I think I'm all right. But I don't know. I'm worried after what Gareth said there. But uh.
1: no, all, I, all I've been up to, like like the classic old man that I am, has just been pure nostalgia this week. So I've just been been doing a big Sopranos rewatch um, oh, for the first you? time, probably about. 15 years maybe something like that so just uh just been absolutely plowing through that and then um, that that inspired me to watch the godfather on saturday as well so i'm just very much about very much about old things at the moment rather than uh rather than focusing on the new how does uh, sopranos
0: hold up like for me i think it's got that i think the wire is like the ultimate rewatchable like old show because it's so detailed that every time you watch it there's loads of storylines you kind of forget I don't think Sopranos has quite got that, but it's still got the depth, hasn't it? Like, I'm due a rewatch. It's been a couple of years for me, so maybe I'll give it another year, but it is a a great thing to do.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I, I just think it totally holds up. I've been absolutely loving it. We've just been like, it's one of these where we've just been you know go on one more episode and it's fucking half one in the morning kind of thing and you know you should be in bed but you just have to just do that one extra episode so we, we've just been burning through it just so good like like i said i literally I, i'm not never been like a big rewatcher of stuff and then like i'd re the wire earlier this year just because of lockdown and then now mm. we said oh let's rewatch this, and it's literally the first time i've watched it since i first saw the sopranos and Fuck me, it's good. Like, it's one of them. I always knew it was great, kind of thing in my head, but you know, it's only when you then go back and rewatch it, especially after all this time, where you're just like, fucking, I don't make them like this anymore. What an old man I am. <laughs> but um one of the things Jane
2: to... have said that
1: one of the things though I don't know if you've reviews have you ever listened listen to the podcast at all That um um Christopher and Bobby do a podcast where they do like go through episode by episode and they they, they talk through them and I've mm. I've ended up subscribing to it but I'm watching them at such a rate that there's no mm. way that I could possibly keep up with the the podcasts but I was thinking like that 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 sounds like fucking great, really. I think just probably pick and choose a few of them episodes, but that definitely sounds like something that would be a some good listen.
0: Oh, cool. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, that sounds great. I might even just listen to it without watching it because I can kind of remember all of those episodes. That's the problem, isn't it? When you you get back into an old show, you want to binge it, don't you? So you haven't got time to stop and, and listen to a podcast. for if I was gone that, would be the one. Uh, Chrissy on a podcast sounds sounds way better than. It. Why is anyone listening to this? Go listen to that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Joe is a very big fan of that. So oh, yeah. I need, to, I need to start. I need to start the rewatch at some point with mm. these. That that and the wire. Uh, the, the wire was one that it was like, okay, wait till the boys are kind of of age,
3: mm.
2: and it's like, well, fuck it, let's give it a go and let's let's see, learn some Baltimore slang. By <laughs> 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 a great place. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, that's not Amsterdam mate. That looks fucking
0: rough. <laughs> I don't know, mate. I live in Walton, so I can't really talk. <laughs> yeah,
2: gorgeous <laughs> yeah. Walton. Not for much longer, though.
0: No, that's it, mate. I'm, get, I'm getting out of it here. Graffiti laden. You, you enjoyed that idea, uh, the, the chemtrails graffiti. That's all over. We've got a lot of conspiracy theorists in Liverpool now. Um, it's all, uh, oh, oh. it's all, it's all microchips and, uh, and chemtrails JP. Uh,
2: your, your dreams of moving up here and buying a forty grand house might, uh, might not be good. It was. Absolutely fucking impressive. I mean, I'm trying to find the picture now of of the graffiti that that, that, that you had taken. So the first ones is L 24 is May slag. All you need, all you need is Klopp Red and Blues Outlet Shop, which just looks incredible. Great shop. Then it, there's that bit with the Everton ground, mm. and like the top of your road, and then look up chemtrails, like a piece of graffiti. And I thought, yeah, that's that's uh, that's the Walton that I barely know, but do love. Can you see why I'm moving, mate? I can, <laughs> when you put it like that. Like, really, in those kind of terms, you just think, oh, this is going to be difficult, isn't it? Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, we've got a lot of, of And a lot of anti-five G graffiti about in yeah. Liverpool, I think, at the moment as well. I, I think we, like Crosby as well. everywhere. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, You go with that war on the. Well, we're getting very, very niche here, and very local. But like, there's a lot <laughs> of that. Like, guess yeah, stop five G. Like, what what these- is that about? People have got broke up. There was a protest. This. Uh, this weekend in like in the city centre of like yeah, people don't people don't want the COVID vaccine because like they think Bill Gates is gonna put a microchip in them, stuff like that. Like people buy this stuff, like never mind, listen to the scientists, listen to your local scally, he'll tell you what's real. up.
2: It's proper end times conspiracy stuff, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like I'd like it for a laugh that went, No, 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 we're not gonna give you the vaccine, we're just gonna put a barcode on your arm and mm-hmm. you can just pay with that from now on, <laughs> just to see the reactions. Because it would really fuck with people's heads for a bit. And he just went, Look, I'm joking. I'm not going to do that. Or, or am I? Mm. And then maybe just convince them that you're Satan before they <laughs> you. But yeah, this 5G stuff I've never gotten because it almost feels like, like, what? Are you fine with 4G though? This 5G is clearly the thing that's kind of like. It's one maybe more. Maybe it's me and I'm being. Th- it's one more.
1: <laughs> yeah. Wait till
2: 6G comes out, JP. What's that going to happen? Are they expecting people's heads to explode like it's fucking scanners or something? Like, I mean, it's ridiculous. Oh, I know, I know. It's just like... I...
1: <laughs>
2: Conspiracy so theories, mate. It's the bane of this universe. Why f- you can't go on Facebook anymore? Mm, everyone's getting radicalised on Facebook. That was going to be your
0: point. That is literally it. Like, I see it happen with my own dad. My uncle, who's like the nicest man in the world, shares some very questionable stuff these days. <laughs> it is the... Uh... I don't know. It's a haven for like the alt-right and these, uh, weird conspiracy nuts who are like, yeah, I'm never taking a vaccine. I'm not, li- I'm not letting them put that shit in my body. I'm not letting them track me. It's like, mate, you carry, you literally carry a phone around all day. And like, you know, <laughs> your, your, you- your trips to the local news agents and to see a local drug dealer really aren't that interesting. No one cares. <laughs>
2: that's, the- that's the real truth there isn't it yeah it, it, yeah yeah i've i just can't get a handle on this and and the more like especially in the states at the minute where it's not accepting an election result for fuck's mm. sakes like yeah. at all and...
0: i was i was surprised we didn't talk much about that last week jp is it just like is it is it just it hurts too much or it's just glad it's over is it relief are you all talked out um, or is it
2: just that that cunt won't get out um it's it's waiting on him to leave. Mm. Now, I maintain, okay, so the popular theory is he goes off and he does a news network and the rest of it. he would be Newsmax or OAN, and that's why he's doing all the anti-Fox news stuff. Actually, at the minute, what he's doing, a lot of his fundraising, it's a lot of campaign emails out there that it's supposed to be going towards a legal defense, but in fact, most of it isn't. It goes towards a super PAC to help support him. My whole thing, and I say it again, is he's in a lot of legal trouble, and it's trouble that he can't pardon himself over. So, like, as a left field bet, and I haven't bet on something like this, I see him buggering off to, like, Saudi Arabia or Qatar. I could see him doing something like that, effectively in exile, like, Mm. trying to run, like, do some sort of stuff from there because he's he's a fucking grifter. But I think it's a sense of relief. I mean, when I realise it when I really speak to my sister, who is just like, I'm so sick of this man. Mm. He has been everywhere for, like, the last more than four years, like sort of six years of Donald fucking Trump
3: Mm.
2: and this bizarro world where this failed businessman reality TV host is the only person who speaks truth in this universe and his enemies are secretly lizards who drink baby's blood (laughs) and are running a pedophile ring out of a pizza restaurant. Now, if you're believing that, You got to look at yourself, then, haven't you? Yeah. You really do. I mean, it makes the whole thing like Scientology look credible.
0: <laughs> uh, You're gonna miss them though, yeah. JP. Like, because I feel like I listen, I listen to uh, politics, politics, politics. It's Justin Robert Young. He's a wrestling fan who does like politics stuff as well. He always says like the really like the people who really hate Trump, who've hated Trump this entire time. What are we, what are we all gonna do with that energy? Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's become, for some people, it's become the whole personality, how much they hate mm. Trump and rightfully slow, justified so. Do you know what I mean? There's going to be like a gap, I think, in like our popular culture when he's like out the way, unless like you say, he goes on the run and he still, may, you know, remains like a major news story because he is like, at this point, quite he's literally the most famous man in the world, isn't he? Like yes. that's what it is. Like we've we've all been living in the Donald Trump show these last four years.
2: Like I don't know what I, we no do with that show's without... over. I know but we need that I'm super villain, it's I a series finale, <laughs> <entropy>. <laughs> please. Well, if the FBI listening JP didn't mean you know, what oh, you I he know. <laughs> well, <laughs> or maybe if the listener where, maybe the... you, you take whatever meaning you want from it. Please. <laughs> I'm joking. Like, I'm not instigating anything. <laughs> Where am I? Uh, uh, I was
0: going to say, Gareth, if you fixed your light yet, yeah, sorry, while we were here. <laughs> <Some> of time <us laughs> <shrimp's out> there. <laughs>
3: yeah,
1: I've got a cuddly toy holding a plug into something there to keep the light on. Right? Uh, what a week to not have a video show. If, if you suddenly see some flames behind me, let me know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we'll save that for the video content in future <laughs> Just, a, Just an image, a show image of Gareth holding his uh, daughter's uh, favourite teddy bear just up in flames by his hand. <laughs> Wow. Um I
0: was gonna say uh, yeah, before uh, we move on to uh, to more serious wrestling stuff, uh, we'll do do the same as we've uh, ever doing the last few weeks. Gareth, anything to uh, to plug as far as uh, grapple goes? Anything we people should know? I put I gave a five stars on the app this week. Uh, you know, people people can do that. Enjoy me. What did you give five stars to? Eddie and Regan. Ah. Uh, nothing modern. Don't be silly. It was we we've all watched <laughs> like a fucking Boatload the rest of this week that we are gonna to talk to a lot of promise. I was thinking no. what
1: the fuck have I missed?
0: <laughs> oh no. I went um, when I was doing that um music. Tokyo Josie Pro.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Listen, JP, we told you before we pressed record. Two hours fifty-five minutes. Maybe yeah. now. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, because I was doing that um, that Eddie podcast, the music of the map one. I just wanted to put myself in the in the mind space of like Eddie Guerrero and obviously it being fifteen years since he died. So I went back and ca- I just watched like, it wasn't so much as best matches ever. It was more like matches from each part of his career. Um, and I, yeah, you know, I had to throw in the Eddie Ray Halloween Havoc match. And I wasn't a coward, unlike uh, like some people this week. I uh, I gave it the full five stars. Uh, no 4.75s over here. Um, <laughs> I haven't actually given many five stars on Grapple. I am <laughs> the ultimate crowd. Like I think what Hogan Warrior on there, five stars. I've got Ray Eddie on there, five stars now maybe one of the Kenny the matches I gave five stars, but even I wasn't as high on them as uh, a lot of people. Um, but I think it deserves it, to be honest. Like, I went back and watched it and just, it, it holds up. It, it, You know what it is? It's the type of match where, I think in the moments you would have watched it as like this throwaway, not throwaway, but undercard match on a pay-per-view that wasn't that important and gone. That was fucking Amazing. But because of its placement in the card, you'd probably think, ah, you know, I'll give it four stars, four and a half stars even. I think I think Meltzer gave it four and a half or 4.75. I don't think he went the full five on it. But you watch it back now, like, and just watch it as, like, a standalone match, it is the perfect wrestler match. Like, from, you know, Eddie is a heel to Ray is the underdog babyface to every single spot in the match pretty much hits perfectly. Everything's got meaning to it. Everything everything looks like it hurts. You know what I mean? Everything looks like, I don't, I don't want to turn into Jim Cornette, but, you know, Eddie Guerrero's going for the win. You know what I mean? When he like, he puts the extra forearm over Rey Mysterio's face when he goes for a pin or, you know, he hits a backbreaker and goes for a pin, which can just be a throwaway spot. It looks like he's trying to win the match at that point. Everything about it, it is literally for me, the perfectly work wrestler match. Like it's the type of match, like, you know, again not to get too old school they should show in training schools to the young kids today who don't know what they're doing um that was perfect and yeah i, I went five stars and i didn't expect to i thought i'd go like, oh, four and a half but no i thought you'd enjoy that gareth and I've, uh, I've thrown a little uh a five stars in there uh, on your app Uh i was gonna say it's
1: nice nice to see a rare five uh <laughs> five come from your account there then uh, but yeah i mean when you said you were doing that podcast like I thought oh I'm going to go back and watch Eddie Ray and I just like just totally slipped my mind as um looking at other stuff so I'll, I'll try and like go back and watch it this week because I reckon it must be like must be a good sort of 5 or 6 years since I've since I've I've watched that but mm. I just think it's one of them especially like from the style of match that it is and especially like the way that that style is just like I don't know evolved and become, you know, you see so much more of that now than you did up until that time. You know, that's that 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 style wrestled in America for for that mm-hmm. to hold up and still be, you know, still be at that level. And especially like from from yourself, who's you know, you are, you love that like oh, high flying, fast paced, flippy stuff, don't you? You know, mm-hmm. so again, like for for it to to hold up as well. If you think about like how many people have come and gone since since then as well, and you know, for 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 things that were considered to be innovative at the time and still hold up and things like that it's absolutely yeah, absolutely spot on
0: yeah that's it. i think i think the, the thing that the reason for that is ray mysterio even in 1996 is doing things that like flyers in 2020 wish they could do you know like that's the thing like he is there was that weird period where i don't know what it you know when he got like the he got the push on WWE TV where it felt like there was pushback and people didn't see him as like the legend that he is I know he's had like this kind of second run now with a little bit of an extra run on WWE TV, and some reason his you know his knees got put back together, and he looks twenty years younger again, doesn't he? You know, never mind the creative maybe that he's uh, that he's getting put through right now on WWE TV, yeah. but you know he looks more like Rey Mysterio again. But mm-hmm. I always think like he, people forget like how good he was and like. How influential he is, like, because yeah, he's hitting stuff that people wouldn't, you know, be able to do now. Or if he did it now, you'd still be wild. And they pack it into like it's like a 13 minute match. It's not even that long, um, mm. and it's just it's worked at such a pace with just no fat whatsoever. Like when I was watching it, there's literally a point where you can see the refs telling Eddie they need to go home. And I'm watching this back now with like 24 years of, and that's crazy, 24 years worth of like hindsight and going, you know what? Like, who's the dickhead agent backstage who's telling these lads to go home? Like, <laughs> they're out there like literally doing an all-time match. Let them fucking go. Leave it up to Eddie. He can make his own decision. Um, but again, I think that just says for uh, 23 years, it was 97, was it? But yeah, that just says... Like how, how good that was and how good that work was, uh, for the time. Or I'm sad you didn't get a chance to go back and watch it. You should. And if anyone listening does, yeah, uh, you know, there's there's an out plug for the app, people should go back and uh, and throw their uh, throw their rating in. Uh, should be near five though, I reckon. Um but yeah, you uh, I did notice you as well, Gareth. You were on the this week throwing some mm. not
1: fives out, but near fives. Uh, I ended up going back and revising one of them and I did stick a stick a five in. i I got up early on Saturday morning and the lighthouse was just a bit quiet and I I thought, oh, I just feel like watching something. So um, I just threw Flair Steamboat on. And then so it was like the, the Chi-Town Rumble one. So i like watch the first one. And then uh, I just fucking loved that. Like mm. such, a, such a great match. And then like once I'd finished that, I was like, oh, I've got to watch the next one now, haven't I? Like even though I knew it was... Like an hour's match kind of thing. I thought, yeah, 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 let's let's stick that on. And then once you've kind of done two, you'd like, Oh well, you've got to do all three, haven't you? kind of thing. And I think it may have even been the first time that I've ever watched the three of them like back to back to back like that. And it just like ah uh, I just for me it was just like it was wrestling it was real wrestling. It was just wrestling that I fucking love. And you know, like I'm just, you know, obviously I'm There, I'm like saying this week, been on the old nostalgia kick with the uh, Sopranos and watching The Godfather and complaining about being an old man and things like that. But, like, really, at a a time where I don't want to say I've been like been a bit down on wrestling lately, but I just think that some of the stuff, I think, certain like the elements of the G1 that we talked about the other week, and just you know, then you know, the, the way this new power struggle was. Pretty average, and then just then, obviously, the following day, that 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 other event that uh, the, the tag league, and the, the best of the super juniors that we'll talk about in a bit more detail. Just seeing this, and just seeing how like fucking crazy the crowd were for all three matches, and just you know, just for a style of wrestling that essentially is you know relatively basic in terms of like move set, but what they do just been worth a million times more than what the majority of people that you, you know, you see out there like having matches these days. I mean, I mean, these to, to, together for the, for these three matches with the different match lengths and the different styles, you know, different, the, the way the story builds there's little like callbacks from one match to the next to the next kind of thing, you know, one's more brawling, one's more technical and, and, and things. It's it, really just as a, as a, you know, essentially if you piece the three together, it's like two hours of your life that you're that you that going to spend watching this. And like, I was just thinking, God, to think there's going to be some people out there who are going to sit and they're going to, for two hours, they're going to watch SmackDown this week or <laughs> there's some people out there and they're going to watch like NXT UK and 205 Live or something. There are people out there who will be doing this. And I'm just thinking like, oh God, just go and watch the, the Flair Steamboat trilogy just because, I mean, I th- just the... Again, like I say, just from a just basic in-ring storytelling where it's just working a body part and then moves that happen later, having you know there was a reason for the work that went in before it, and then like it ultimately pays off with like a a submission happening or a pin happening, you know that that you can then kind of trace things back, or you know in the first match there's things like the the way it's run, sorry, the way it's won is like flair goes for the figure four and steamboat wins with a small package then in the you know in the next match there's a there's a fall where you know flair goes for the figure four steamboat goes for the small package again but then flair reverses on it on on it on him so then he gets the pin kind of thing so it's like it's like they've learned from what's gone before and there's like you know there's there's little elements you know like the, the, there's a fall where Flair's legs under the rope. To in in the second match, in the third match, there's a there's, there's a there's a fall where Steamboat's arms under the rope, but it's spotted and if the pin's broken up and stuff, and it's just all these little just like nuanced elements of storytelling that just really just build it up to just be absolutely great and. Like I ended up sticking four point seven five in for each match because I because I did I rated them literally as I finished with them and then I just sort of sat and I stewed on it and I was like well I'm putting these in an order in my mind and I knew that I loved two kind of thing and, and I thought that three was better than one so I've ended up going back and I've given number two a five yeah. I've given number three a four point seven five and give number one a four point five so you have kind of got that tiering in there because I was I was kind of sitting for the rest of the Saturday thinking why have I given that second one a 4.75 what could they possibly have done to make it any better it's a match that's gone 55 minutes three falls it's told an outstanding story and then um, then you know it's it's yeah, you know, there's there's no reason not to kind of thing. So, the fear was gone. There was the nitpickiness <laughs> was gone, kind of thing, and the and a five went in there as well. So, so there you go. There's, oh, there's two that. of us put a historical match uh, on the app with a five uh, oh. this week.
0: Yeah, that's it. Can't, like, can't be, there's no room for cowardice, here, JP. That's that's what you got. to that, 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 that's the thing, though. I think that I had that attitude about. I say even Walter Ilya Like I think back mm-hmm. on that, I wonder whether I should have really given that five because realistically, what would the change? I had that same kind of thought with Bray and Eddie. It was like, well, actually. You know, in the day, I might have given it four and a half, but realistically, what could you make better about that match? Nothing, in my opinion. So, no, I'm glad I saw you might say um, More
2: time in the case of, like you said earlier, true. on with Eddie and Ray.
0: Uh, maybe. Yeah, maybe there's an argument there. Um, but no, I was glad to, uh, I saw Voices of Wrestling call you out, Gareth. So I'm glad you, uh, you rose to the challenge <laughs> and went uh, <laughs> the full five. Uh, I've got to be honest, I haven't seen those matches in a long time. I had that, you know, that Ric Flair, the original do the set they put out. It was one of the first multi-disc ones they put out. So when that first came out, I watched them and that must have been like 2005, something like that become 15 years ago now. Uh, oh, God. Well,
1: I, I just got lost it. in it. I got lost in it because, you know, I was I was thinking, God, this is just everything I want from wrestling. Just simple, great storytelling, logical, not overly convoluted. The matches themselves, like, I don't know, you almost forget, like, because you think you see Suzuki now and Ishii now having these matches that's so hard-hitting and things like that. They, they were knocking the shit out of each other, like <laughs> Flair, Flair's chops. They're fucking brutal. He's in the, especially in that you know the the first match. He's knocking hell out of Steamboat with with them, and then well, I ended up just getting lost with it because the last match, obviously, it's got the angle where Funk pile drives him on the table, and then and then it was almost like when we were talking about um you last week benno like running yeah. out to to buy your ticket because you're kind of like sold to like you know I'm, I'm buying the pay-per-view immediately on the back of that AEW uh, dynamite <laughs> show i was like i've got to watch flair funk at the bash now kind of thing so then i was like you know came on to, came on ended up watching like flair funk at the bash which is just another fucking great match though you know oh god top my head i think i went like you know four 4.25 then that the way that ends with like Muta getting involved and sting getting involved and i was like oh well, i've got to watch halloween avoc now because like <laughs> St- sting and flair are against Muta and funk and then and then that one ends leading into like at the clash nine at the end of the year you've got like flair funk in the i quit match so basically i ended up watching that that was the that was wcw's main event for the year basically was flair steamboat evolving into flair funk and i tell you what for ultimately that all adds up to like three hours of wrestling lads if you're going to watch fucking raw this week anyone listen to this don't watch raw this week watch 1989 wcw and just watch flair steamboat and flair funk that's that's all i can say Good shows, good shows. I'm
0: glad you're picking on Raw as well, and not SmackDown. Okay, you know,
1: yeah. SmackDown's got the got the Roman story. You know, it's great.
0: Uh,
2: no, okay, maybe not. maybe off not for Gareth. <laughs> uh, have you I, watched it recently, on, J- I, I watched only Chitown Rumble, hmm. which is probably the one that I wrote most about. I'm not going to go into all the details and intric- intricacies of the match, but I watched that on Gareth's recommendation. Okay. I watched it on the walk, which ultimately now made me wonder. <laughs> I went four and a half. <laughs> I love that you do that. <laughs> I did. That was another it's thing. They, it's what they would have wanted. i have given yeah.
0: a lot of peeks into our group chat this week, but that was I thought so Jamesy pick you up on that. Like, yeah.
2: how do you watch these matches?
0: Like, do you not bump into people? And you were like, yeah, you know, I'm walking through fields and up hills, so you know, it's
2: yeah. fine. Yeah, if I'm bumping into people, it's scary. So, like, like generally, it's it's there's more mud based issues around there. But I digress. It's been lashing it down here this weekend, um, but I watched that on the walk. I, I went four and a half for that it is absolutely brilliant i mm. think it, that was like a safety vote after mm. i've seen the other two and again after i can kind of get the context of it i didn't watch the second one because i thought okay this one's an hour and there was just other things that i was kind of watching gareth some of which does cement your earlier point of what you're doing with your time mm-hmm. <laughs> looking at you i well, know it, it was all right Tokyo Joshi Pro. Um, but, <laughs> it won't actually be a review. Though. I'm gonna have to Do call the
0: podcast Tokyo Joshi Pro now and just tease all the perverts. <laughs> just tease, <two>, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sorry, um,
0: uh, Joshi fans.
2: <laughs> Sorry, it's a good match. It's not Sorry, five guys. stars. I'll, 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 I'll say that. Um, but this match, like, it was. As Gareth said, it was just like everything you wanted from wrestling because even Flair's heel actions in the first match there isn't there's a point in the match when um tommy young gets knocked down and normally what you expect to see is the crowd looking towards the entrance way who's running in and that doesn't happen and they're bigging up the crowd because there's a couple of people from the chicago bears in there jim ross is loving that Mm -hmm. and i have to say magnum ta was surprisingly good i kind of i thought i bet he'll be shit and he he wasn't he was fine um yeah, I mean, in fairness, he nearly died, so he had a good excuse. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I thought, like, there, like you mentioned about the subtleties and, and everything else, and it made me kind of appreciate Ricky Steamboat. It made me also think, and maybe it's just me, but there's you could tell where, say, a Tanahashi or a Miyahara takes somewhat of an influence from him, particularly in the selling, but it's the kind of high-octane Burst of offense that they'll do before there's another point where he'll he'll have his um he'll have his comeback thwarted, and I kind of it was the way they worked the crowd, and this crowd are just absolutely electric throughout the whole thing, and you can hear some pro flare chants in there as well, which I kind of remembered how I felt about Ricky Steamboat at the time, where it was like I don't want to be Ricky Steamboat, he's here with his wife and his kid. You want to be Flair, sure. like that's who you kind of want to be, but at the same time. Steamboat completely wins you round Hmm. as like, you know, that kind of baby face may not always be cool, but you like them and you remember why you like them watching this. It's it's just like a combination of just brilliant things. You've got a great crowd. You've got two workers at the top of their game. You've got Jim Ross like at the top of his game. And it's just all pitched like a big main event with a classic wrestling main event kind of story angle where he's slagging off his uh, steamboat's family but it's kind of fine because you think okay it's just all within wrestling and they show the bits where he's just like ripping Flair's suit off and the rest of it and it's it's very much you go down that nostalgic path and you realise there's a reason why people call this stuff legendary Hmm. it is it's not a case where you may not like these guys as they get older therefore the match is shit which is a lot of kind of revisionist history that you do see where there's a kind of like denial of kind of Well, that's why you change be. your scale to seven stars. That's why you do that. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Tell me about it. Um, <laughs> but this, like, things... I want to see more people using the ropes the way Flair does. Like, just the kind of constant pulling and then letting go before Tommy Young can see. Yeah. Tommy Young doesn't look like a fool during this as well. He doesn't really look like a fool. And, like, you've got the slightly screwy finish with Teddy Long in as referee setting up the next match. Where... The only bit I saw was they projected Ric Flair at the Clash match, but they've spelt R I C K. Yeah. <laughs> How long has he been there by this point?
0: <laughs> I do love stuff like that. Or they get Rick Rude wrong or that type of thing.
2: It's very NWA, WCW. Mm. I kind of like that stuff in a way. Like that's part of the kind of appeal of it. It's that they want to be flashy, yeah. but they'll always do cheap flashy. They always did cheap flashy. Like they graphics before the videos. You'd be excited to see them. And then you go, you know, heart of hearts, WWF would have just kicked their ass with their opening to a kind of pay-per-view like Survivor Series or Royal Rumble. Mm. And then you end up with sort of Abdullah the Butcher and some gravestones at Halloween Havoc 91, <laughs> don't you? Um, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. That's why we it, love it. It, 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 this is a great match. It's, a, it's just a good idea if you're ever feeling kind of disillusioned about wrestling or just realize, actually, there's a shit ton of classic stuff out there. Longer and you can the- watch one or two of them. And you're reminded by, actually, this is great work. This completely holds up. It, it's one of those times watching this match where the term less is more has that kind of meaning because they allow the match to breathe. And a lot of the times, they're doing, like, it's it's kind of chop battles or they're out mm. to the outside. And the big move will be a vertical suplex, which we'll think nothing of. Which, if you watched Robbie X versus Curtis Chapman, they're kicking out of fucking all sorts <laughs> yeah. in that, aren't they? Um, you know, whereas in this, like, no, it's 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 wonderful stuff.
1: When I say like simple and logical, like I didn't think we would probably end up talking about it this much. So I was in my. It's a pull forum. for the app. It works. I, 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 I was trying not to get into the. Uh, I was trying not to get into the weeds too much, kind of thing. But like just the way it's set up, like match to match to match kind of thing. Like in that first one, it's like there's a visual pin by steamboat, but the refs out. There's a visual pin by flare, the refs out. Then there's the the small package and the win. So like Flair's got an argument that you know that it was a different ref, you know. So he's he's totally justified in getting his rematch. Like in the rematch there, like at the end, that's there's um, Flair's got his foot under the rope, so that he's got justification for. Um, He's got justification for getting another match kind of thing to move on to the to the trilogy and then they use them elements in each of the matches going forward for like near falls or reversals for falls. Such easy stuff. Create a reason why these two people should have go from one match to the next match to the ne- next match, and the belt changes between them. But then there's justification for the type of match changes. So the best of three falls coming on the back of two visual pinfalls and then an actual pinfall. Okay, yeah, we'll have a best of three kind of thing because there was, you know, essentially there was three pinfalls in that first one. You know, in the in in, in the last one as well. Just um, you know, just working that one back in as Flair's totally you know justifiable about getting his getting his rematch. It's just. So simple, so easy, people don't need to be thinking about all these fucking ridiculous reasons why people should be having a feud or something like that just just lay, just lay on the line like that and 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 equally as well, it's like you know even moving on to that flare funk stuff that you know talked about as as well there it's you know within the midst of that you know funk lost a match, Halloween havoc there in the tag by Gary Hart towel accidentally getting thrown into the ring. the next match of that it's an eye quit match. It's simple, kind. Of, you know, it's kind of, okay, you, you lost because your manager threw the towel in, okay, the next match is you've got to quit, like, you, you know, so easy, so straightforward, and let's have a fucking bit more of that, people.
2: There you go. And
1: <laughs> Eddie <laughs> Kingston did, didn't he? <laughs> that's
2: a good segue, <laughs> and, and look, I know, and, and, and you were saying it, and it was like, and that's the reason we were all pumped up about it. <laughs> there you go, yeah, the simple stuff like like that, yeah,
0: like with AW, like Eddie Kingston and Moxley, just let them just let them talk and have matches. There you go.
2: Done. Don't, doesn't need to be complicated. I want the title and I don't like you. Yeah. Let's, have, let's have a match.
0: <laughs> Sometimes it works, doesn't it? Um, but yeah,
2: obviously, like,
0: yeah, if, uh, you know... Sometimes you do have to go back to the classic stuff to uh, to get that feeling back. And so yeah, like like you both said, if you if you're missing your your love for wrestling right now, and you know you're not interested in all the modern stuff we're about to talk to, actually you can go in, can't you? Gotta throw throw your ratings in 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 the grapple app. There's a lot of uh, a lot of retro uh, content on there that you can go back and rate. And you know if you disagree with us as well, or you know you think JP's four and a half is a sacrilege, or my five stars is too uh, is too heavy for Ray and Eddie, you can go on there and give it your own rating. That's the point, isn't it? It certainly is. <laughs> <laughs> Always got to get that
1: plugin. <laughs> I was going to say, there's a lot, a lot, of work gone in there to putting the WWE data back in there, back to 1985, and putting WCW back in there to the to the mid '80s and stuff like that. So yeah, if you if you are watching any classics along those lines, get get your ratings in.
0: There you go. So yeah, um obviously we've uh, we got our plug in for grapple we got it out the way early Gareth but I suppose I suppose we do need to talk some some uh, some current that sounds, stuff.
1: That sounds planned now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. We don't plan nothing. Well, I've got it in my rundown sheet. I don't know. <laughs> Is there a rundown sheet? We're, uh, we're proper workers, we call it on the fly, don't we? Uh, oh, yeah. none, of this, uh, none of this planning stuff out. Uh, might be why our podcast go three hours sometimes, but well, what are you going to do? More content for the people. Uh, but yeah, we should. Uh, it's a just lockdown. There you go. Well, what else do you want? Uh, what else you got to do? Uh, but yeah, we should uh, get into some of the modern stuff, and that is a good, a good segue talking AEW because uh, let, let's start with uh, some AEW and, uh, and what they've been uh, putting together this week. Bit of news coming out of AEW as well. We can talk about too. But yeah, let's uh, let's talk this week's dynamite. Don't often get to uh, to talk or well, last week's dynamite. We don't get to talk that at the uh, the top very often. Um, but eh, I I uh, I thought it was another great dynamite this last week very uh speaking of retro very nitro in uh in some ways that first hour was like all over the place like as far as tonally and there were things that really worked for me and things that really didn't work for me um i feel like the talking point everyone's got to acknowledge is the uh is the tony khan oversell of how big a an industry shaking moment we were going to get on the show um that moment being Shaq. Uh, your mileage may vary on that for us as a, as Europeans, maybe not as big a deal as a, some of our U S counterparts, but I still thought it was a, a really good show. And I thought that I love that segment, that, 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 that weird Cody Rhodes segment, like at the, at the mm-hmm. first hour of the show, I don't really know what was going on. I, like it felt like four different segments kind of stitched together. Um, and, Half of it didn't work and half of it really worked, but I can't say I wasn't entertained. It was, again, very WCW in that way. Like the, the stuff with Cody and his promo was great. You know, Shaq getting announced was like a, like a funny big moment. I thought Jake, Jake Cargill was okay. Um, I didn't think she was as great as, as as I've seen. Like some reviews talk about her, but I didn't think she was terrible. It was a thankless role, really. It was a weird role. Why was she coming out to announce Shaq? And then we found out the reason she was coming to announce Shaq was so that Brandy Rhodes could come out and uh and debut a uh, 18th character in uh, in AEW so far and uh and be like the uh, the defensive wife. Uh, the good and the bad of aw in one segment i reckon that's purely cody's genius of let me go in there and pretend i'm gonna be asking for a rematch and actually it's gonna turn into this big shack match and then the negative is can we get my wife in the segments as well um but it was wacky it was entertaining i enjoyed it um yeah very nitro for me i don't know what you thought uh how about you Did did it work for you
1: yeah, I think I was a little bit like you, really. I think the whole thing just sort of felt a bit all over the place, and mm. like, I was just confused. Like, did did you know who Jane Cargill was before? No. I was. I felt like I was. It's Jade, but yeah, but oh, no. The answer great. is therefore no. <laughs> there, there you go. Um, I felt like, am I missing something? Am I supposed to know who this person is? Is she some like pop pop culture kind of person or something like that? But so I was there, having to, like, Google her, like, while I'm watching the scene to try and like find out who the hell she was. So I thought that was a bit weird i thought she was kind of almost presented like you should have known who she was or something like that whereas i don't know it was all a bit i thought that was a that was a bit bizarre i thought the actual announcement of shack was a bit again i don't know it was it, it felt it, it felt weird kind of thing it, it, it mm. sort of felt a bit understated or presented a bit incorrectly or something like that the, you know when the name came out and stuff it was it just i don't know it just felt a bit odd but um i don't know. As I. As as a whole, you know, I think the I I think the scene uh, sort of worked as a, you know, in its entirety. I think, you know, definitely, I think with the um, with the attack as well at the end coming out after that with like um, with uh, with Brian Cage and Ricky Starks and things like that coming out as well at the end of the at the at the end of it. You know, I thought as a whole it it worked, but I mean, yeah, like you say, for me. I don't know. I'm not a basketball fan. You know, I know Shaq is, but he course, doesn't mean yeah. much to me kind of thing, you know. is uh, like and I, I know he's a huge name and you know mm-hmm. stuff like clearly to an American audience it's it's probably a pretty fucking big deal if you know Shaq's going to be having a match I'm guessing kind of you know kind of thing but um but you know for you know if one of the things I've kind of often wondered is okay well what is the thing that kind of puts AEW in the mainstream who's that person that they can Mm -hmm. get that's gonna tip them over that million pound mark or sorry a million viewer mark or make more members of the general public aware that this other wrestling organization even exists you know this to me just sounds like perfect based on the profile that he's got um you know he's got as a as, as a sportsman and you know you can imagine Maybe not, you know, obviously we're not talking at the same levels as the, you know, Mike Tyson at the time and things like that. But just in terms of putting A AW on the map a little bit more with the the general US public, you'd have thought this is something that's gonna get like photos all over the sports pages in America and you know, a lot of website coverage and things like that that the AW normally wouldn't have got. So it just feels like a good a good get for me. Mm.
0: I think it's it's hurt, isn't it, JP? But maybe I think that the negative to that me though is is the fact that I think we're all poisoned by the fact that WWE have done this stuff so often. And like, mm-hmm. you know, when AW try something, like, like even when they tried to bring Tyson in a few months ago, like you remember Tyson from like, obviously the big angle in 98, but then obviously he had like, he had a match on Raw, apparently, in the mid two thousands. I didn't even know that. And Shaq's kind of got that as well. Like I think he was one of the mysterious general managers, and he's been on Raw and stuff. So it's was a, he in a
2: Royal Rumble, or is that? Yeah, a I think twice, effect. maybe.
0: I think he did two. I'm pretty sure he, he yeah. did two Royal
2: Rumbles. So yeah, he does take he the shine off a big show and probably walked over the top rope. I'm
3: assuming.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> I it. Can't but,
2: remember
0: well, oh, there's no one left. There's, you know that's the thing. Though, to be have done this with so many like big celebrities and done it badly. Um, oh, All you can really do is just do it. Do it again, but do it well.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they've also got the fact that he. It's. I'm assuming this is a TNT thing because yeah. Shaquille O'Neal is on. Was it in, inside the NBA on TNT? I know there's a reality show and the rest of it. And he is more of a pop culture figure than like certainly in, like sort of popular culture than a lot of the kind of big basketball players i know it's all kind of post jordan and he's not that kind of like jordan level mm-hmm. but like he's an enormous name like and he's and he's got that kind of cultural cachet and if they're creative with it and do it well and do stuff that involves maybe trying to get some of that nba audience in as well to watch it and to watch the kind of ridiculous nature of it but it, it's where they do it because i mean you know, they've made an announcement that they're doing Moxie and Omega on TV. And it makes you wonder, well, are they going to hold off this for a pay-per-view? Or is it going to be the case where, you know, it was talked about on Flagship, and it's a really simple point. Is it the case where the same 100,000 people buy the pay-per-views? And in fact, what you need to throw all of this into is to get those kind of spikes in TV ratings to be able to kind of draw that interest, because then you want to be able to get the bigger TV deal. And then you know get TNT to kind of lock down heavily on AEW by which point you're kind of secure. So I mean, I laughed at lots of this segment when it happened because I was like, "Who's she? Shack? What?" Like that was kind of my reaction, and I just started laughing. And I just thought, well, "Fuck it, why not? Cody will have a bloody good go at making this work, and I'm intrigued." Hmm. That's the main thing, isn't it? And that's that's the point isn't it
0: mm. yeah that's it like i say it was it was just a weird weird segment that made up part of that weird hour that first hour like i say there's half of it i'm not really looking forward so i don't want to see that mixed tag if that's what's coming um <laughs> but i do i do want to see that singles match um like but yeah it was just like i say it was just a strange hour of telly because i like, get kicked off as well with that and then we had that that did did you guys know that Dustin Rhodes and Qt Marshall had a blood feud going on with the Butcher and the Blade? Like I feel like I pay a lot of attention to AEW and this one this one passed me by and then they went out there and tried to kill each other. You know, there's gushes out there and there's like spots off of fucking ladders and people trying to kill each other and it, it was like this bloody match that I felt like I, I should give like four stars to on grapple. It was like for a few that I did not know existed a minute before those those four walked out onto TV. Fuck me, they went off there and killed themselves. That was like a a weird pay-per-view quality match that I didn't see coming either.
1: To be fair, uh, the bunny's probably turned about five times since we last recorded. There's so, you know, there is there, that. There is that. She's definitely going for the uh, big show record, isn't she, There for mm. the, the most uh, most back and forwards. But, yeah, no, I was the same. I was, like, watching, like, I was conscious of that kind of, like, small element of, <laughs> of the storyline, but I certainly didn't have it pegged that it was going to be <laughs> this, like, brutal match on about with blood gushing everywhere kind of thing, and it was a mm. fucking hell of a match. Like, I was thinking, like, just for a, like, <laughs> as, the, if this, as a standalone match, like, you literally could, though, just, like, walk into this. You you know, they, they really got across, like, that hatred and, like, aggression. They just, like, went straight into it, and it was just, like, so high energy and, like, such a good, aggressive brawl, and everything that it did felt like it, it really mattered, and there was a purpose behind it. I, I was thinking, God, what a great, like, just for someone flicking the channels there kind of thing, what a great little, you know, throwaway match that, actually you know might pull some people in or just give a positive impression of what AEW is all about and i have fucking give qt marshall some slating over the you know over the episodes on here but I tell you what he needs to fucking get his jeans on and get his t-shirt on more often because um he looked a damn sight better as well than he had his uh than he's when he's got his wrestling gear on he actually looked like semi-respectable you know as opposed to this sort of portly balding old man kind of thing that he's looked like in you know doesn't look like a wrestler at all like here he actually you know he had a, a good look about him as well really and i was thinking yeah yeah just get him in dust and dustin get get him dressed like this this is it was very again while i was in while i'm in this 89 wcw mindset it was it was very 89 wcw this so
3: mm-hmm.
1: for um yeah let's uh let's keep the keep them like this as two fucking badasses kind of thing not too not two wrestlers and i mean that fucking uh that fucking elbow that QT it off, yeah, the air. It, was, that yeah. I it was picture perfect. It was absolutely, god, it was absolutely, absolutely outstanding. But, um, yeah, I loved this match, really, really good. Yeah, Dead. same.
2: And I had a vague idea of the storyline, like that was the thing. I, I was like, because I remember thinking at the time when they did the angle and they had a turn back, and 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 just like thinking that's one of those pointless storylines you just sort of introduced and dropped, which is. Led to this match, apparently, mm. which says, Yeah, this entire feud that had passed you by that you just jumped in on at the end. <laughs> and like, I kind of had a slight flashback to the um, best friends versus proud and powerful match, which was so much better than I had any expectation of it being, and so much more vicious. Mm. It was like, Yeah, fuck me. I, I kind of felt the same way again. And it is that idea that if you are going to start throwing stuff against the wall at least do it in an entertaining way at least do stuff that is somewhat entertaining I mean Butcher and Blade are kind of two of the most confused characters in AEW they really don't make any sense on any level you know Butcher is also you know he's a he's a henchman he's also a butcher and he also plays guitar in a band like and they'll mention all of these things and you go right okay what is he exactly yeah um yeah so that i i just look at them as kind of like pretty much confused it but it's the kind of it's the kind of reliable stuff if you've got a two-hour tv show and you're mm. just wanting to put on these matches it's the kind of stuff that you should be doing mm. and like but, you know, as much as I just say that about Butcher and Blade being confused, they've had a lot of regular TV time. Mm. Braxton Sutter is is good. Yeah. And he's a really good hand. Yeah, he's in there pack like, next week. Yep. Yep. And do you know what? They're going to have a really good, tidy six-minute match, mm. seven-minute match maybe, mm. you know. And that's exactly what it should be. And he won't, like, kind of let you down. And he's in really good shape and, and all these other things. It's this... It's the things about the AEW mid card that I like that keeps you interested in all of them in a way. And we spoke about this, just this idea that there's reasons at least to care on some kind of base level about all these people, whether it's the work rate or the storyline or the character.
1: I mean, this this was just a match that you just would not expect to see on TV, wasn't it? Like you've been conditioned like over the years to the types of matches that you used to, you know, WWE style and things like that, that you'd see on Raw and SmackDown, especially for like a mid-card or a lower mid-card even, even match. There's no way you've got two, two uh, or four people going out there and knocking hell out of each other the way this did, and have like blood gushing everywhere and things like that. It was just totally unexpected and, like, consequently just had like massive standout. And both of the both of these teams, their stock probably went up as a result of it, really, because they they just became much more credible and serious in the in the uh, in the eyes of anyone watching that. Like, mm-hmm. oh, great stuff.
0: Yeah. yeah and you know t- to the point you-, you mentioned there as well jp about like use of mid carders and use of like those kind of guys another thing i think aw does well you know we mentioned you know pack's going to be with brand uh braxton sutter next week uh or the blade uh just just call them braxton sutter and andy williams i feel like that's a better name they're better names the tag team can be the butcher and the blade they don't need to be a butcher and a blade um <laughs> but what i really like is that you know you know, PAC, that was the other big story of this, that, you know, coming back to to AEW. And unlike what you might see in other companies where, you know, PAC had that triangle thing going on with Penta and Phoenix. They'd moved on to being with Eddie Kingston. You could very much imagine in WWE, PAC comes back and he's just doing a separate thing. Whereas here, it's like, well, there's clearly a natural rivalry here. Let's acknowledge the elephant in the room that, like, PAC was supposed to be team with them and let's do the feud. And we're going straight to that. And like you know, we're closing a 2020 dynamite with Pack and Eddie Kingston as the as a big match going forward. Like I never would never would have called that. Um, but it's you know even if it's a short-lived feud, like I you know I, I do think that's what we're going to get going forward, and we can talk about you know the Omega Pop uh, Mox match in a bit being on TV. But you know the next pay per view is not till February, so we've got time. So that's going to be another big match for TV. You know them too, unless you do hold it off that long. And um, I love that. Just that's something natural that's right there. Make use of it. You don't have to be overly creative. They can they can have a little feud over who really is you know the leader of a uh, and phoenix and you know and then we can move on. Uh, I really enjoyed that as well. And yeah, I enjoyed Pack's comeback. Even if maybe I wouldn't have telegraphed it with as good as that video was the other week, I might have you know saved it and made it maybe more of a surprise. But still a great moment and cool to see Pac back on Dynamite too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It was just you know just seeing him come out and then just you know. That- how good he is on the mic as well kind of thing or how 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 good his character's got on the on the mic over the last couple of years with the, the heel work you know, I, I just loved loved seeing him there again and just like you know put with his facial expressions and the words he uses and things like that and just immediately just getting you excited and i think as well especially like kingston coming off the back of um, the Moxley run you're thinking okay well where does he, he go now and that was kind of always there in your background background of thinking like oh this could be the direction but like fucking hell like I'm excited for these two as these two as well and again it's probably for the same you know similar reasons really and that you know that they're gonna they're gonna have some um, great sort of verbal confrontations between themselves and then you know that for Kingston's negatives in the ring pack can more than like live up to it and sort of hold up that end of the bargain from his side and certainly pull something relevant um, relevant out of it. And, you know, they are going to have like, a, you know, a, a real strong, aggressive match as well between those two, th- those two. So again, I'm absolutely, uh, absolutely pumped for that one. And like you say, just sort of see where it goes. And it certainly doesn't have to be a one and done that, you know, this one can be, you know, you know, this can end up being you know, a a range of matches. And then obviously you've got the, the Pentagon Phoenix thing underneath it kind of thing. What's happening with those obviously on the back of uh, the, the way that 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 match worked out with them. And if there's split between them and where that, the way that direction goes and sort of interweaved with what's happening with Pack and and Eddie Kingston as well, just, you know, you've kind of got confidence that they're going to tell this story really well. And at the back end of this feud, you're probably going to have again four people who come out of it better than they were at this point in time going into it as well they're probably just going to raise the um raise the raise the position of each of those guys and you know give them give them further direction and further areas to grow going into twenty twenty one as well so yeah totally up for this mm.
0: yeah yeah, and just like again something else to look forward to um and yeah, we've got that. And, you know, like you said earlier, JP, we've got Omega Moxley coming up as well. Uh, Ho- mm. Wrestle Observer Hall of Famer, Kenny Omega, which I'm sure, I'm sure you voted for, JP. Um, no. <laughs> me neither. because no. uh, I didn't put my ballot in, but I wouldn't have. Uh, <laughs> you, you, can't put a 36 year old in the, in the, your Hall of Fame. It's a joke. Uh, I'm not, no. actually, I'm 36. 36 is young, honest. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know. We probably shouldn't get into the whole, whole, whole big conversation, but can Melter just not add ten years onto it? I feel like I feel like I'll be
2: ready for this conversation in ten years. I don't need it right now. Uh, yeah, because then you can actually have a look back over the kind of entirety of the best part of someone's career. What did he do it's in North of... America? Did it work? Yeah, did, you know, did it take off? It probably will, but you know. <laughs> when I saw it, it made me think of the fact that Wayne Rooney had a what was his first autobiography? How old was he? And it was like, Oh yeah. This no, lad 80s. has no fucking story. <laughs> I went to school, at school. I played some footy. <laughs> yeah. Shagged a and granny. Actually... <laughs> yeah. There was a weird time where all these people started texting their mates. Um, <laughs> when I was leaving somewhere. But I that. Um, Yeah. Like that kind of, it's just far too soon. It's, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It, it is. It, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, sometimes the Hall of Fame comes through and there is, like, people I go, I have no idea who they are, like, <laughs> I, saw, I saw Robert say that. He was like, yeah, Kenny
0: Omega and three made-up wrestlers went in the Hall of Fame, this <laughs> not <he?" laughs> Not far off. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah. We're uncultured fans. But, but it's, I mean, in some ways, for the gimmick, it plays perfectly into exactly what he's going to be doing right now. And, like, my God, like that would be the ultimate meltzer work. Wouldn't he had done that? Just rigged the hall of fame. So he could put Omega in to kind of like sort of push him an AW means that big list of money that Tony Khan is sending out to people that in no way Mm -hmm. looked faked or (laughs) doctors. Like, you know, they're not paying him enough (laughs) at that point, but as a match, sorry, I I, I don't Um, know if you want to like, I'm, I'm fascinated by this match absolutely fascinated by it and uh, you know i agree but i actually think put it on tv hmm. i think there's rematches and things like that i think this is the first attempt of like we're putting on some like a big main event on here that's could do more in terms of viewership and with a proper build of five weeks and that's the big asterisk in this it's kenny omega for five weeks So there's plenty of propensity to put some shit in there, isn't there? He's not going to be just doing dueling promos and stuff. You know, there's going to be some nonsense he'll throw into the mix and it's like, what kind of happens there? But it also is the chance to kind of establish that big classic TV main event. that's kind of must watch TV that you can use in promos as well. And, and TV adverts and that, it establishes like that kind of great dynamite match. And then you hope from that, that's where you get into your kind of your rematch and other things like that. That's where, like, so I get this. And also, when is the next pay per view? End of February? Yeah, the revolution. Is it new? I get it mixed up with the Impact one, which is like New revolution. Year's
0: Revolution or whatever. Yeah. Last year's resolution. Do We had one as well. Then the final resolution. Final yeah.
2: resolution. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's one of them. <laughs> it is. It's, so like, that's a long time to wait. Yeah. You know? Like, if you're waiting for that, if the idea is to do this in front of fans. Mm. And also, if it's on pay per view, how many more pay by rates are going to do? Mm. I suppose that's the other thing as well. And in some ways, this is the way of raising the interest for the pay-per-views to hopefully burst into it. It's almost like the business plan, year one, just get established, get established, mm-hmm. don't go under. And they haven't done that. And they've dealt with it incredibly well as a startup, which is the thing that we often forget in this, is they're starting from scratch. Year two is the time to try and push more. So Shaq, that's where you're putting this kind of main event on. It's where you kind of see that you're getting the, the kind of omega and bucks that were there out there in New Japan and the indie scene. That was the, the kind of thing that everyone was there. It was like that first year was just to sort of establish this whole group of characters and now they're moving on to that bit. And again, they don't want to lose Moxie in for all of the kind of Omega talk as well because he's had a series of really good main events and big, big matches mm-hmm. and he's always, I can't think of a time where really he hasn't delivered in, in any of those matches and it's going to be fascinating to see the the build up to this i'm just hoping they do a sensible build for the love of god because if you do that and you build up you're on something you'd like to think
1: yeah god I'm, I'm i'm so excited for this like like you say it's it's very easy for like moxley to get forgotten about in in the equation here because so much focuses on omega and we you know when are we going to see the real kenny omega and all that and you know that the, the, the storyline working working that way but you know, again, Moxley's just been absolutely top drawer. He really—he comes across as a star, doesn't he? Like you—you you know, when you're watching things, when he comes out, even with those small crowds and things like that, you feel like there's an energy lift or something like that that's coming to the coming to the arena. And you know, you you feel like you, you you've got that—you know—that genuine element coming out coming out with him. I think you know he feels like the perfect opponent for Kenny at this time with the way that the Omega characters go in as well, and you can see the way the two characters are, they're going to sort of really rub off each other and play off each other probably quite well as that heel and that sort of everyman face, especially with the big over-the-top production that that Omega's going for. Like, I -hmm. loved the interview with Omega this week where he was saying, like, no, it's it, we're you know we're O and O. There's no record of us having a wrestling match together because obviously it was a that unsanctioned match, wasn't it? The first one that they had, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. and I was like, I was like oh, cla- you know, classic heel stuff, like yeah, that yeah, we've 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 never never had a match before, you know, like uh, you know. So I thought I thought that was absolutely absolutely great, but I think that as well the the whole idea of it being on TV um, is a massive positive as far as I'm concerned. Like again, like we've talked about AW needing to have that big you know, high quality match that everybody gets the opportunity to see and really kind of demonstrate what Omega can do and really put the AW style on the map. And to me this just feels like absolutely perfect. And like often things like this get announced and you go on Twitter and people start like losing the shit. Like, why is it not on pay-per-view? And things like that. And you it's almost like people think one thing has to happen in isolation and it can never happen outside of that situ you know, that situation again. Like again, I don't want to like Harp on and get stuck in this flare steamboat kind of uh, bubble because it's what I've watched this weekend. But as an example for that, this could easily go three matches. They can have a series here where that you know it leads to the pay per view and the pay per view ends up in the big blow off match or something you know something like that while still being able to have two excellent matches on TV. Before then, as you know, to fill in the fill in the blanks between those points, like there's there's absolutely no reason that that shouldn't be the case. And then if if they do build it along that way, and you have had two great matches on TV, then you'd like to think that people will be buying the pay per view to see that blow off um, match in, in in February, the the one that they you know they really really built to. And again, on that Flair Steamboat point of view, that second one at the Clash, the Clash was TV, you know, and they you know that wasn't Mm -hmm. a pay-per-view clash of the champions wcw gave away a lot of you know things there you know people often associate oh was just the nitro era where they started giving away goldberg and hogan on tv and things like that you know they're putting flair steamboat on tv there and i know there's like reasons for it and there's uh, you know those competitive elements about running against wwf pay-per-views and vice versa them running pay-per-views against wcw shows but you know, it's it's something that has happened in the past. It's not a new thing. It's not a disastrous thing. You know, mm. it's you know, it's it, it can be a massively positive thing. And then when you factor in, like you said there, JP, about the you know the the TV revenue standpoint, if they're able to show like a significant spike in ratings there, or their ad revenues are going to go up that week, or things like that, then then you know what they're going to do? Walk away from the money? No, of course they're not. Kind of thing. You know, it makes every sense in that, and they can they can use it as a as a tool to make even more money further down the line. So Mm. it all just feels perfect for me at this point.
0: I think you'd need it as well. I think where AW... There's been periods where AW has struggled, where there hasn't been that pay-per-view to aim for, like early on. Like, there was a few, there was like a few weeks of telly where It was like, literally, what are we aiming? Like that, that Christmas period last year, where it was like, well, they're not aiming for anything. And they, and they, they really struggled without it. It's like, you know, I've heard Impact thrown around as like the good example of, you know, one of the few good examples you can use Impact for As they did this, you know, they started doing TV specials rather than doing pay-per-views. But I think Impact fell into that trap as well, where when there's so just something about wrestling, I don't know what it is, whether we can't get out the, like the Monday Night War. Mind frame or what, but you need that thing to aim for. And if you haven't mm. got it, like wrestling just feels a bit aimless, at least TV wrestling does. And I don't think anyone's ever really cracked that, uh, that code of just doing pure week to week, maybe a Lucha Underground or something like that. But um, I think you need that temporal event. And ladies have both said, why not do it on TV? Why not pop a rating one week? And what's the maximum you can do with an AEW show up against NXT? I think we'll find out. I think that might this match is big enough. That we will find out what the maximum is, you know. As long as, like, do we we doesn't, like, counter program it with, like, you know, war games or, like, Starcade or what's another interesting yeah. thing they could do? They've already done Cold Miners, Club. I was going to make a joke about that, but no, spin the wheel, make the deal. That's what they did, didn't they? Robocop. Um, Capital... Go. <laughs> Robocop on NXT. Capital Combat. <laughs> against Samshaw. What's what's Sam Shaw's name now? Fucking um oh, uh, Dexter, right. Loomis, yeah. Dexter yeah. Loomis. Yeah, right on the right on the nose because he's he's like yeah. Dexter, so let's call him Dexter. Anyway, Dexter yeah. Loomis versus Robocop. Maybe there will be a counter corner with that. Um but this is as big match as
2: you can do, so yeah, I think that'll be interesting. Or oh, yeah. be the Undertaker against um Dexter Fritz or whatever his name is. Um <laughs> uh, <like, yeah. laughs> will the do that instead.
0: <laughs> Thanks for the title, uh, the show, JP. you, you come through shining again. <laughs> Texture <for Fritzle. laughs> He's fucking shit, though, isn't he? He was crapping impact. Oh, hey, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't think he
0: ever came through the. It wouldn't surprise me, but I don't think he ever came through the doors at TNA. <laughs> you
2: can build an extension, all right. I'll say that.
1: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but like, to the point that, like,
3: what, what, what's
1: what's Foz of Drizzle doing in the Impact Zone? <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what he have done. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh. Oh, fucking Christ! Yeah, Dexter <laughs> oh, Prison. that should be his name. The south,
2: they could get away with that kind of angle there. No? <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, but you, we watched those Impact shows and was like, "That's what we need." Yeah, let's bring that. Let's, but let's put him on our TV. Makes it makes make him a push commodity. Uh, I don't know. Mm. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, on the AEW point. Uh, uh, anything else, you guys, want to talk AEW uh, before we move on to like New Japan and, and the like? Um, anyone got any anyone got hot takes on that game? Uh, did we all watch the uh, the video uh, reveal yeah. of uh, of Kenny Omega playing Steve Jobs in a in a joke that would have been a 45 minute BTE skip, but turned into a 25 minute skip? With I laughed at the Cody Rhodes bit. I've got to, I've got to be honest when he came out, yeah. but yeah, I mean I, I say that though. I know I'm not the target audience. I bet you that BTE audience lapped that up, um, and that's probably the gamer audience to be honest. So I'll leave that in Kenny's trusty hands. Game looks mm-hmm. ropey. I don't know what the fuck is going on with Kenny Omega's chest. Like, it looks like someone's trying to
2: tear it tear apart in that uh, in that video <laughs> Jericho, just wow. I'll view the video as just a test of mechanics. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah. It's not a finished version visually at all. It's mm. just an idea of, this is a rough idea of how it's going to look and how the game engine works. So I think it's more that than anything else. And they have to have a game out and they have to have a mobile game out because you have to have presence and you have to have presence everywhere. So they had to do that. Um, it, the game I think it's very arcadey. that's the kind of other takeaway I kind of took from it and I don't know, as someone who's been out of the loop with a lot of wrestling games, bar TW but certainly sort of console games for quite some time, mm. I've always wanted something to go back to like WCW versus the world, where you could yep. do like Misawa versus Sabu and mm. I did, like, and stuff like that, it's just like fuck it I mean, obviously not the real names, but it was just like great being able to do that. And in some ways, that was the kind of hope where you just got to run all of this stuff. Now, obviously, you've got a modding community and the rest of it, but um, Kenny will be in tune with that. It will be. It's just that I've I've often like I bought the ECW game and I bought the TNA game, and both times they were they were shit. Yeah, and it was like, oh fuck! Ultimate fucks. X was good in the TNA game. They got that right. Mm, yeah, you just didn't get yeah. the mechanics of actual wrestling match down which is a bit of an issue and they used to always build, up, oh AJ Styles he loves his games, he loves his games and you just like, okay, alright does he? and it's just like, you play that and you go, fucking hell, I bet he chucked that one out, didn't he? Mm.
3: Um, I yeah. don't know what he plays he's a, instead.
2: He's a virtual pro wrestling fan he's a man of taste um, uh, I
0: like it, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, are we going to launch the, uh, get the Twitch going again for it JP, maybe we'll do that we'll do a uh, Steph, she's been streaming WrestleMania 2000 so today. She's uh, she's in on that Twitch action. Maybe we could uh, we could join the kids.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think we've got a very specific idea of what we want to do mm. for this, and the way it could possibly go, including like my one big booking decision that I want to make to kind of to do my Marty McFly moment. I think in wrestling as mm. much as anything else, um, I'm going to leave that for when when we do it, but. Yeah, yeah, we need to get on board with this stuff. Like playing games. Like, I mean, my kids just fucking sit here and do it for the night. So, yeah, <laughs> might as well do that instead. Don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> fucking Look, rambling. I, I turned into a gamer at the
0: start of lockdown. I was like, I dusted yeah. off my Xbox 360. I hadn't, I hadn't turned it on in about nine years. Uh, Installed FIFA 18 because it was the latest FIFA I could get. You know, I'm a gamer. Listen to my thoughts on wrestling games. Uh, no, I am like, I am a huge fan of like the. The, the fact that in the video they announced, you know, the, the no, no Mercy um, showrunner essentially or you know, game runner, whatever the the term is, is involved was positive to me. And I know it's like the typical wrestling fan thing to go, "Oh, it's not been as good since No Mercy," and it probably is the old man thing to do as well. But it's still fucking true. There hasn't been a there hasn't been a, a legitimate wrestling game for me since Revenge, No Mercy, NWO, World Tour, and Virtual Pro Wrestling, where the matches feel. Like wrestling matches, you can pick up virtual pro wrestling today, uh, virtual pro wrestling two, and it feels like you, w- Kabashi and Masao, you have a match with them, and you feel like you have had every bit of that match, you know, from hope spots to, you know, the big moves at the end to the big kickouts. Like it is like it's wrestling, and that's what I'm. That's really what I, I, I think. Like you said, JP, I can forgive the visuals of it if that's what we get at the end of the day. If mm-hmm. we get something a bit more uh, akin to that, um, yeah, Gareth, you can buy it for the kids. Maybe they'll play. <laughs>
1: I just feel like I've just got this is one of the things that I've got confidence in Omega with where I'm thinking like he's just so in tune to that world and kind of thing that and with his position in the company, he's not gonna to wanna to produce something shit. He's gonna wanna yeah. produce something that's absolutely you know, he gets he he's gonna get what the you know, it's the mechanics behind it kind of thing. It's the way it plays and things like that. He's gonna understand that kinda of, you know, and you know, that's I'm pretty sort of like optimistic about that. You know, I haven't played wrestling games in 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 years. They they just haven't, you know, they just haven't felt. I don't know. They they just haven't felt enjoyable when you you're playing them because of the gameplay side of thing lacking of them. You know, it's the classic looks glossy as fuck and things like that, and get get the characters in and you know get the sort of visual appeal of them all and things like that. But if it doesn't play right, then it doesn't fucking matter. For you know, for for me as far as I'm concerned. Whereas this is one where I'm actually thinking. Yeah, I'm sort of quite optimistic here that they, uh, they might actually produce a game that gets me wanting to gets me wanting to play again. And um, if they go down that WCW versus the World route, and they've got their little videos of telling you who to pick at the start, then that'll just get my ultimate seal of approval. There you go.
0: And yeah, and if you want to see those games getting played, uh, cheap float for uh, Twitch.tv/StephanieChase. You can uh, you can go and watch uh, Steph working through those games. Uh, I was watching a bit of that today. Um, that's the real stuff hopefully this game uh, lives up to, uh, to that stuff need to get a playing Wrestlefest oh that's one that's one is that, is that your game JP is that from your, uh, I, your childhood?
2: I remember bunking off school playing on the Trocadero West End with Paul <laughs> Brown yeah. he's been the mentioned legend. a few times on this show yeah. still not listening but you know we'll get him one day keeping the dream, keeping the dream alive
0: um, I was going to say, we're, I mean, games aside, did you guys have anything else on AEW or should we move on to New Japan? Uh, we didn't mention that there's a main, main event on AEW as well, Penta Phoenix. They had their match where they just walk around doing yeah. big moves and don't do any transitions in between. And I still gave it three and a half stars on Grapple because I'm a sucker for it. But uh, <laughs> not not a good compa- uh, Like, if you watch that back to back with Flair Steamboat, I think you'd be fuming. Um, but I enjoyed it. That's my only other note on about this week. Don't know about you guys.
1: Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. I, I think they're, they're the other sort of the main point I made here is I love the way that like AW can just put that show out, you know, after, you know, straight after a, a big show, a, you know, pay-per-view and they've got none of the big stars wrestling. They've just got matches on there that it's, it's mid card people essentially. And all all your big stars, they're just featured from an interview point of view or setting up, you know, backstage interviews or setting up future matches and things like that. Whereas um, again, in the past, I've like talked about this, how they are good at holding people back and not just having people in your face all the time. Like again, I always, you have to draw that comparison to WWE, you know, this is a sort of situation where you'd have somebody on a pay-per-view on a Sunday, you'd see them again on a Monday, they'd probably crop up on a Friday on SmackDown and then, you know, pop up again the following Monday and before you know it, you've seen them wrestle four times in a week and that big match doesn't seem quite so special anymore whereas, you know, AEW are, you know, very good at holding people back and just um, just uh, not need, not, uh, for me, it's like, it's it's good because it sort of shows that commitment to the long-term that they're doing and there's, you know, there's, there's not that thing of like, shit, we need the books on Dynamite this week because we've got to beat nxt because they beat us so in overall viewers like a week ago or something like that they just stick to the plan they know what they're going to do there's no kind of like reactionary um you know element to things like that and that just you know totally again gives me confidence for the for the long run really that they can they can do things like this and they're they're not shitting their pants over oh we're going to lose a hundred thousand ratings here or there just because we haven't got kenny cody books jericho wrestling kind of thing let's hold them back and let's get the people like excited for when they they do see them
3: Sure,
2: yeah they they can't be too overly reactive to some of these ratings because they are lower but it's also at the point where all t- interest in the news is at an all-time high mm. you know there is going to there's still like especially for a us tv audience there's a lot of things going on that people are keeping an eye on as well as a global pandemic so I think it's more the idea that you're on an upward trend, and that it feels like that key demo doesn't particularly fall a lot, that they maintain a rating, they've got a partner who has got a lot of, you know, has made a big investment in them, but also seems very happy with them as well. I know Cody was talking about using a lot, of, using some more songs. I think I don't know if that's from the Warner Brothers library and things like that. That's that's kind of important. Mm. So yeah, it's it's good steps hmm. and it's following a, they've only had really the one pay-per-view blip overall hmm. so they're like since tony and tony you know you talk about the 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 wrestling of uh observer hall of fame but i mean i think tony khan's gonna be winning booker of the year particularly his fucking first year at ever doing the job in real life yeah after years of probably playing that, i doing it on EWR, obviously. Um, I mean, if I turned up at Shamrock Rovers now, no, <laughs> I, I wouldn't have taken this incarnation of the side through to the past, the group stages of the Champions League. Which is fucking hard, by the way. Um, like, But if I took him to a title and then out and you, you'd be like, well, that's actually quite impressive for his first go. So it's like, he's had a crack at this. You should give up on the Fulham stuff. <laughs> just throw that out there. Yeah, throw the 40 manager in the yeah push yeah just don't get involved with it mate Own the club that's that's your prerogative but yeah well
0: i mean on that point like speaking of you know booker of the year i think you're right tody khan's gonna get it because you know he's not gonna fucking get it ghetto um <laughs> i've carved out the section of the social talk in new japan like we've all we're also gonna talk don't worry everyone we've got a bit of red pros to talk better talk and shot bit of impact um Maybe a bit of Tokyo Joshi Pro, but we'll see. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> probably not. But, like, actually, I think you might have time, JP, because I don't think this is going to go long. Like, did we all know Tag League and Best uh, <laughs> the Super Juniors was happening? Because I was shocked on Sunday when I found out the Billy Show that morning. Um, yeah, I was, I'll be honest, like, I've been working from home, like, these last two weeks. This is my first experience of doing it. And, like, I've said a few times on podcast, and I said, I'm oh, I wish it was G1 season, that'd be great. And then like, instead we got tag league season and I had it on. And honestly, it made me want to do my work. I was, I was more productive doing my work. Like I wanted to concentrate on my work. <laughs> this fucking like, honest to God, it was like there's background viewing and then there's whatever this is. Like I've watched two shows and I really don't think I could tell you a thing about them. They were just on, they were just shows. Like maybe the main event of day one. Okay. There is that, uh, you know, Hiromu always going to deliver. But, like, especially the tag stuff. Like, I'll tell you what, lads. I wasn't wishing for Gorillas of Destiny to come back into my life or Bad Luck Farley to turn back up again or Chase fucking Owens, that's, that slime ball to turn back up on my TV. I didn't need it. Didn't need any of those, lads. And, yeah, honestly, like, if there's ever a, I wish my. A lot of the times I wish my boss isn't listening, but my boss can listen to this one because, yeah, I had it on. And it, it definitely didn't distract me from work that much. Uh, I really haven't gotten a huge takes. I don't know if you guys have, like... Yeah, have you been
1: watching the Royal I mean, I, I watched I watched on Sunday um, live, and I felt like I was just sort of staring blankly at the screen, kind yeah, of thing for yeah. the for the majority of it. There was like, as much as I don't like a lot of the wrestlers that were involved, I was thinking, oh well, at least there's going to be some new like fresh faces to kind of, that we you know we've been used to seeing the same people for so long, kind of thing. That, but then. And then I realised, oh yeah, they're all people who I'm not bothered about at all, anyway, kind of thing, or I, you know, I actively dislike sort of thing. So that um, that definitely wasn't a positive. And and then today's show, like, I literally had no idea there was even a show today until I think I did my usual and like on my lunchtime, I went on, uh, I went on. Uh, your twitter feed benno on your tw- on your tweets and replies just to see if there'd been any uh any shit storms oh in, yeah uh, any, any shit storms in wrestling today that's sort of my daily routine i know i know where to go to find it if there is a, if there's any bother somebody's I gonna the same mate somebody's gonna have commented on it and then uh, i saw you commenting on tag league i was like what the fuck there's a tag league today and then like mm-hmm. then hastily put it on the app kind of thing but like i had i had no fucking idea and, and you know like I didn't I didn't care kind of thing. I was like, looked at the lineup. I've ended up watching like the last two matches from today's show today, but like that was almost felt like more out of duty than necessity kind of thing. Like I was looking at it and I was thinking, is actually is there any reason for me to be watching this? Is it gonna have any bearing long term or anything like that? Mm-hmm. Mm, probably probably not. Is it gonna impact impact my enjoyment of like the dome or something like that? No, probably not. And you know, again the the bland averageness of what was there on Sunday was, was just like. like, if you, match- you like
0: B block, do you want 11 matches of it? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was, isn't it? Perfect. Yeah. 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 This, okay. is,
2: this is why I couldn't bring myself to watch it. I watched oh. one New Japan match in the last week, and it's got nothing to do with either of these tournaments mm-hmm. because I'm so like, the most oh. hyped thing I think for New Japan is that usa tournament they're doing because mm. that seems genuinely intriguing into some the directions they could go in and the rest of it and the ramifications of it but uh, yeah i just couldn't bring myself and you look at the lineups and the only hope i ever think tagley has for me is the surprise lineups mm. and or they flirted with it more last year you had the kind of mega star lineups the kind of like you know uh, you know you're Tanahashi Nabushi type like tag teams where there's just real star power in there mm. but it just doesn't have this for me I heard people say the main event on the opening day was was good I can't, I, I don't know if I'll ever get around to watching it I have a feeling that I'm probably going to end up joining in somewhere near towards the end and using the app to dip in and out of to find out what was worth following up because it, it's, it's like they're obliged to do this aren't they, to mm. get through this to create a couple, a few, more, a couple more matches for mm-hmm. the dome, and give everybody something to do. Yeah. So therefore, here we are. And
0: it's, it's every, every year as well. It's not new, is it? Like every year, tag team is oh. a slog.
2: But I don't know. And this... you want
0: to believe it could be good. <laughs> it just ever is, is it? It's a, it's a gang of people you don't want to see with a, with a penny as their partner. Like it's just, it's rough. It's rough every oh. year. But I don't know. It, it does feel that little bit more rough this year, uh, just because there is a little bit of. You know, now that the G one's over, there is a lot of you feel like there's a lot of fatigue out there with New Japan in general, um, and this isn't really gonna uh, gonna light anyone's fire, is it?
1: I Watching- I mean, we were talking before about like less is more, and like I just feel like that's where I almost feel like with like New Japan, we were, we were so. You know, there was almost like that kind of like excitement and anticipation while we were on lockdown of oh when new Japan comes back kind of thing, and we we're all like excited for yeah when new Japan starts, that's at least we've got that to sort of cling on to. and then and then now it just feels like they've because everything's been pushed back, they've had to they've condensed so much into such a short period of time that it's everything just feels like so oversaturated. and you've just had like too much of something that a lot of what they've booked has been, bad things that we've been overexposed to as as well. So you've had things like the whole evil thing has been like, it might have stretched out. I'm not saying it would have been like good, or but it might have been a bit more palatable if it was stretched out over, you know, 14 months kind of thing, as opposed to it all feeling like it's been condensed into eight months or six months even kind of thing at this, at this point as well, with a bit more space between them. And just from a sheer volume point of view, you know, the the number of matches with like New Japan Cup and then G1 Climax, and now moving on to to this, it just feels like it's it's just. It's just too much. And then when a lot of these people are just turning up time after time again kind of thing with little, I don't know, little strength of storytelling behind them or little direction behind them, like, yeah, it just feels like, God, let's just kind of get through this as opposed to let's have it as something I actively want to enjoy.
0: Yeah, I I watched it today and there was like a moment with um, the Gorillas of Destiny and they were going up against uh, Bad Luck Farley and Chase Owens, so what's going to happen? And you can tell the lads of the ring, are like, oh, this is this big moment. It's Bullet Club versus Bullet Club. Like, no one fucking cares, lads. No one cares about you. You don't count. Like, it's rough,
2: man. Like,
0: I, swear, I was going to say, oh, sorry,
2: JP. I was going to say, if I could make a recommendation then, like, don't watch a lot of this tournament. Oh, don't. Watch watch a little bit of New Japan Strong if mm. you want to see some, like, kind of, like, bizarre possible scenarios because I watched what was a Tom Lawler versus Darren Young mm. on New Japan Strong which was really good fun they've given Tom Lawler a stable it, it felt completely different from everything that was going on in, in Japan it felt a bit more fresh and exciting mm. and I watched that match and then watched the others because the main event was Tamatonga versus PJ Black <laughs> <laughs> uh, can't escape like, uh, yeah it's, uh, just, nope no way um, but it's still got like kind of Alex Zane on there. Um, for now. Yeah, for now. Um, and Blake Christian, for now, probably. <laughs> um, and an ACH. So there's like, it's intriguing in a different way because you just don't know what you're get, what you going to get with it. But mm. I'd almost argue this Tom Lawler, Fred Rosser match was one of the better strong matches that was on there. And Lawler's great. Yeah. And it just made me think, have him in another title. Run! He doesn't have to win much. it. Fucking hell! He would add something different, and they play up the MMA stuff all the time. Yeah. But he still wears the jorts, mm. and he comes at JT Kratos and Russ Taylor. He's he's, like hang he on, he's wearing the jorts either. in New Japan. <laughs> he is. He's wearing the jorts. Oh, you fucking knob. And they've given it. him the Team Filthy Stable, like in MLW. Oh, wow. and they come out and hold like a fake sort of UFC thing <laughs> for him. And then he comes out like that, and then he wrestles like a very submission-based game. And, and in fairness to, to Fred Rosser, which doesn't sound like it really should be a wrestling name, but again, <laughs> here we are, um, is his real name in his, his defence. Um, so, but it's, it's it feels quite <laughs> wild.
1: You it's no Richard
2: Bloodman. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> Uh, Richard Rude as well that's a (laughs) good one double O but yeah I I, I, like because that Tag League and the other I I, I was going to click on it and I was like ah Fuck this! Uh, I, I can't be bothered. That's the ultimate obligation—is watching this show. Well, and you, I thought I can't do this. You get big moments like uh, Jeff Cobb was X. I know you were a big fan of that, Gareth.
0: Uh, Jeff Cobb, you know, in his uh, in his great old part, who's fucking terrible, by the way. Can we all just admit great old talents crap? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we get that. You know, big storyline developments. That I float you back there.
1: I mean. You Know that talking before about logic, and you know, that said, the, this idea that like Jeff Cobb pinned Osprey clean in the G1, he pinned him clean in that like penultimate match, and then now he's just like, Why is he now just going into being the stable as well? Under Under with and, Ospreay? Like,
0: and they don't even use his music for the tag team, they come out to great O'Connor's music, like, <laughs> he's lesser than great O'Connor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> It's just like uh, I don't know it, to me it felt like again it felt like the perfect opportunity to I know their hands are tied a bit and things like that, obviously with covid and everything like that, but you know it seems, they don't seem to have too much trouble trouble getting people into the country now, but that just doesn't that just feels entirely illogical to me why why on earth is Jeff Cobb now happy to be subservient to the guy we just pinned a few weeks ago, and like in theory that should have like put him a Notch further up the ladder, and now he's just—what well, is he? Now he's just his his henchman, or someone who's just going to be eating pins for him in tags or whatever. Which kind, he should in the be. Or...
0: But if you're going to do that, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah you know, it's, you know, because if it, if it's, it's not like Cobb's rising to the top of this ranks is he no. kind of thing now so what was the point in that i know it was a mechanic to get to your, to your final day and your points kind of thing but come on at least this was one of the things that new japan would be classically like praised for would be the thinking ahead of like the small the small details of things like that and as, as, for me as soon as the small details start to go then then you lose faith in what they're doing at a bigger level as well, because it feels like their eyes off the ball a little bit and their attention to detail's gone a bit. And again, you just wonder if it's this packing so much into a small amount of time and trying to, you know, trying to achieve a couple of things that they've clearly tried to achieve this year that hasn't worked, whether or not it's just like fuck them fuck them big picture a bit. And like maybe they do just need to i don't know maybe a little break would have been good for them as well as for us from watching their product of not trying to book a million shows here and just take a step back and go okay how do we get on the uh on the route to the to the dome as effectively as possible and how do we make sure that the storylines are tight and the thinking behind them and like the small like breadcrumbs that we put in there along the way are all gonna are, are all gonna work because it Certainly doesn't feel like that at the minute. With, on one point of view, of the quality of the shows that are putting out, but some of these details here, like that whole flawed logic that I think when we reco- when we recorded last week, I had no idea that Ibushi was getting that title shot on the first day. And like, <laughs> the more I've just yeah. like stewed over that in the whole the last week, I'm just like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, how the hell is that like amounting to this situation? It's just totally blown a hole in, like. The whole year basically in in terms of the way that the G1 works, and then it's like blows a hole in your sort of interest and buy into the G1 like next year. This there's like a, a little sort of stain there that's gonna need to be washed away, really, kind of thing, over a over a couple of years. So mm. I like that. I don't know. I'm a I'm not um I don't want to go full uh Joe Lanza from having listened to Voices of Wrestling this week, but I'm I'm definitely not feeling it with, with, with New Japan here. And, there's, you know, I'm literally looking down this list of matches here for anything to say on this day and a half that I've watched. And nothing there's in. not much there, like shows. Like, I, I've enjoyed watching Shingo. Yeah, of course, yeah, I've enjoyed watching Shingo. He's always going to be good. Shows looked good again, kind of thing, in the one match that I've seen of him. And of course he is. That match was good, the main event, but it was kind of almost, did it, it you know, it wasn't at the level that they've, worked at in the past, um, Hiromi and Ishimori, you know, it was a very mm. good match and maybe it was kind of nudged up slightly because of the average dross that went before it really, you know, made you feel like it was maybe slightly better than it was you know, it, was, it certainly wasn't anywhere near that best of juniors uh, final at the ad in 2018 you know, it was, a, it was a, a totally a totally different level to that and then even again today I'm thinking about what stood out for me of them two matches today like probably with Tanahashi and Hanari getting a bit Longer to work this time, like Hanari. It was good to sort of see him stand out, and you know, he, he you know, he, he stood out in that match with Zach and Taichi today. But again, if these are the, if these are the small things you're getting, just like looking for these little bits of enjoyment that you're just getting out of show or Hanari or things like that, then, like, really, is that why we're watching? I, th- I think I'm, I don't want to be like shameless plug for the app kind of thing, but I think I'm well... going to be doing the same, same as JPE and. I don't think I'm going to be, you know, I'm, I'm probably not going to be putting these matches up live as they happen. I'm probably not going to be watching them myself live as they happen. And I'm going to be looking and saying, okay, if there's someone there that's like averaging at three and a half or above, then I'll probably give it a go. But I'm I'm certainly not going to be sitting down and watching 10 days of this across both tournaments, especially when when we broke it down last week and we looked at the participants in the, you know, the, the, um, the American shows that, that JP's talking about there, the tournament that they've got running side by side. That Way looks more like some more, more interesting stuff there, and it'd been booked slightly differently as well, probably.
0: Yeah, that's it. And you know, to, to your points, you know, Hiromu and Taji Samurai, he's got an average of above four right now, four point oh nine. So you know, there is a recommendation in there, isn't there? But I don't know. It's funny though. I'm, I'm actually just looking at the app, and I'm thinking you're just better, Gareth, because they made you put an extra category in because <laughs> there was best of the Super Juniors and Tag League at the same time, and they made the made you have to like merge them together as its own standalone thing. though just messing up with the uh, the grapple.
1: I bet you were happy when you put that in. <laughs> I, was, I was, I was fucking fuming. Actually, on the, <laughs>
0: that's the real thing behind
1: all this. <laughs> because, because on um, I I thought I genuinely thought that it was like one day it was best of the super juniors, yeah, The next too. day was tag lead, and it was going to be it was going to be like that. And then when I when, when I turned it on on Saturday morning, and I went on the New Japan website to look at the schedule so I could like get it all set up to to put in the spreadsheet. And I seen it was all like it was both tournaments on one day I was just oh, so I was flipping I was absolutely fuming I was thinking <laughs> you've totally fucked with my categorisation here like how dare you normally like to be fair to to be fair to them, they have given me like two years or three years, twelve yeah, two years that the app's been, app's been going of like, been able to go on there and see the match order, like schedules correctly kind of thing, something that I wish WWE or something would do. So they, they've won a bit of fave with me in the past, but uh, I'm, not, I'm not fucking happy about this. Totally blown the consistency <laughs> out of it.
0: Sorry. Yeah, uh, though, <laughs> y- y- your brother in spreadsheets letting you down here. I can't believe it. <laughs> um, I do want to pick up actually what you said before, though, as well, J.P., about Alexei. That's an interesting one. Like, having his doing the New Japan US shows and it not carrying over to, unfortunately, and going to Japan. Instead, he's it, signed with WWE. You know, outright Porter by Meltzer. Uh, I'm not going to go on a rant. I think people might have been expecting that. And I did do the uh, the tongue-in-cheek tweet um, trying to take money at uh, the food office table. That's all I'm trying to do. Um, but, I don't know. It's a little bit different than Ben Carter. For me, Ben Carter was so young and, like, I just mm. feel like Ben Carter had, you know, A lot in front of him as far as like what interesting things he could do. Alex Zane's a bit older, more grizzled, you know, has been around, you know, only on people's radar the last couple of years since that backyard show, really, for GCW. Um, but you know, he's a, he's a veteran and I get it. Someone puts a contract in your face, especially in, you know, COVID times, you're gonna take it. If anything, I'm more mad at New Japan for not, you know, for not. Putting a contract in front of them, uh, if, or maybe if they did, it wasn't you know it wasn't something he went for. But you know, the, I haven't certainly seen any reporting like that. I'm sad that it happen, To be honest, I would have loved to see him uh, make it over to America. Um, but you know, the uh, the warehouse must be filled, so you know he's been signed up. by I, I don't see, I I really don't see them pushing him. I know people people are stronger on that than I am, but I just don't think he's got a look or a style They'll do it like. The ceiling, like with Ben Carter's Ricochet, and we've all seen what's happened with Ricochet. And it's not only him they've signed up, they've signed uh, the Rascals as well. You know, impact's going to mm. be uh, going to be a bit weaker now going forward. I don't know what WWE need with these dudes, but, you know, to be clear, happy for Alex Zane, the man. Uh, nice bloke, follows me on Twitter. Um, sad for me as a fan, not getting to see him uh, you know, do a new Japan tour or see him on any more GCW shows.
2: Yeah, it, but at the same time, like you said before, it, it's kind of what in some ways it's it's a reward isn't it for all those kind of years of toiling isn't it is, is he in his mid 30s is that right i believe so yeah 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 i mean at that point in time you've done the starving artist thing for quite a while haven't you mm. and it's it's at that point where they seem like they need fresh faces mm. on nxt but at the same time they've got so many other people under contract so it's it becomes a case of does he get lost in the shuffle
3: because
2: mm. it even feels like you know Where's Ben Carter at this point? Um, a, yeah, exactly, <laughs> um, and I've been there, and you'll want to be getting out of there soon enough. I'll tell me about <laughs> um. But it's it's a nice story yeah. though, isn't it? Because Alex, you went from literally yeah. doing that backyard show for GCW,
0: where he did that big spot off like the roof of like a garage that was gift to hell, turned it into a GCW booking, turned that into Ring of Honor and New Japan, and as you know, turned it into WWE. As much as it makes me sad, you know, there is a it's a nice story. It's just maybe not the end that I wanted
2: true I mean and I know this may be taken in a slightly different direction it also said when you mentioned thinking of it thinking about what happens if you are leaving WWE a bit like Zelina Vega and all the we we didn't mention any of that stuff did we oh fuck yeah we saw Twitch several times as well I haven't even mentioned and it just kind of made me think of that also I saw in my notes um (laughs) that not letting those five lines go to waste um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Work bloody hard on that but yeah, did, we, we told you we called her in, in the ring everyone but it's that kind of big unknown of what is the world out there now in Zelina Vega's case mm-hmm. it's stuff that's really kind of non-wrestling isn't it mm-hmm. it's her twitch it's her only fans that's the kind of stuff where she's in charge and she's the content creator and owns all of that and then it was reported it's more than what her downside is which is obviously based on house show kind of bonuses and the rest of it and possibly those kind of bigger show bonuses, which is incredible when you think of how good she has been in the role that she has been that undervalued for that length of time. And the way they've used her on the main roster is terrible because mm. there's, there's money in her. Yeah. Like, like, and as, as a kind of figurehead. Now you would say like, in terms of there's op- the options being out there. I mean, you would say in normal circum. I mean like an AEW, but they've got too many managers. And I don't think she's good enough as a wrestler to kind of stand out in the way that they would need her to as well. So it's like, but then there's always places that you can flit in and out of. And it appears that universe of flitting in and out of say an impact and not being under official contract and working somewhere else. There's more scope for that to happen, Yeah, which might be another option for people who want to keep control of all of the stuff. And we'll mention talk and shopper mania and stuff like that. But like that, or hopefully, not mention it for too long. But the idea is they control that content. Mm. And again, like by doing this and doing this on social media, it keeps WWE employment practice, and the independent contractor stuff out there in the open mm. again, which is like the worst thing that they can do. And this is something where, like, you're basically, it'd be like my work clamping down on me doing this podcast. And at the same time, I'm out of hours. I'm not in work. Mm. And you know, do you know what I mean? Like you're tramping down on what people are doing in their own, in their own spare time. And Mm. if they're making a few quid out of it, fine. What's it got to do with you? Mm. And that's an
0: employer, not an independent. You're not an independent contractor either, which does make it different. I know people are bored of that conversation, but it does make it Uh, different. Um,
2: It does. And Bruce Pritchard gets to have all of the benefits while simultaneously recording his podcast. Yeah.
0: There's money in what he does as well. Because, like, that was the other thing about Zelina Vega. And we were going to talk to everyone, promise it was going to come up. Um, Like, I've got the numbers here and we are there. Like, you know, somebody that I was reading, I think it was Sean Ross Sat, was talking about, like, you don't realize she makes more money from Twitch than she does WWE, and somebody crunched mm. to the numbers and they were like, "Yeah, she, she's got like fourteen thousand subs on Twitch, all paying three dollars." You know, I can, you know, I'm sure Gareth can do that. That matter on that on the fly, but like that's, you know, that's probably like five hundred k. Like, probably, like, you know, if you had ads that you get on Twitch, two k a month, sp- sponsorships, like that is that's a lot of money. Like, and I. You know, I, on the one hand, like I made the joke on Twitter and called it Comrade Zelina because she, um, the, the beautiful thing she did was when <laughs> WWE uh, were about to announce she, she'd uh, been sacked, she got in there quick and said, did that right. to support support unionization. I think there's an great, element to that.
2: Great working. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, beautiful, yeah. beautiful. But she's also looking after herself, isn't she? Because you know, as a, as an independent contractor, she was making this money on the side, and she was perfectly entitled to. You need to fucking wrestling when you can when
2: you can make that on the side. Uh, but absolutely crazy story. There there has been a further development on this. I don't know if oh. you've seen it reported, but the but it's not specifically about Selena Vega. It was someone who replied, which was the um, SAG-AFTRA president. Gabrielle Carter oh I did see that yeah yeah. and that's like and you're talking in unionization again aren't you Mm -hmm. and being a this is a different way for WWE performers to be kind of unified if they're performing in front like avenues like Twitch Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and that hopefully would kind of change Mm -hmm. it because you're thinking about people like does that include like influencers and the like I I don't really know but Mm -hmm. again it's not the kind of game you want to be playing here Mm -hmm. but um yeah she got extra bounty points for just jumping onto the unionization thing asap within that within time I was like that was great work so the, yeah. for the
1: for me it's just one of these things that I just hope that like more and more wrestlers are just going to see this that they can you know they can make money outside the handcuffs of WWE and we just get some people who grow a fucking set like in the you know and because we've had there's such a long run of people who've just been like WWE has been the only show in town, the only place that they can make any, you know, real money. So then that change in mindset of the wrestlers these days compared to the mindset of wrestlers in the eighties or nineties who, yeah, if they don't like something, an element of their creative, no, I'm not fucking doing it. If they don't like a finish, no, sorry, I'm going, I'm leaving the building kind of thing, you know, and just like people not being scared to, you know, go, go against the powers of B. Whereas now, We've had such a long period that everyone's just been shitting themselves about being made unemployed and then having nowhere to to go and like make any money on the back of it. That that whole culture's just changed to so everybody just like laying down and just taking you know taking this the scraps of food from the table of the WWE that they're prepared to prepared to give them or share with them, and then you know you know not actually like have that strength of character to stand up for themselves and do something else, and you know hopefully. We're just seeing these sort of small steps come into play here where there are alternatives out there with, like, obviously with AEW, but then also just with alternatives of just being able to self-promote and use their own names to, like, make money through different avenues as well so that they're not, like, stuck feeling like, yeah, I've got to go and, like, accept me this, you know, whatever. There's 80 grand on the table here to go and sign with NXT kind of thing. Well, actually, no, I could work fewer indie dates and do something else or i could sign for aw or i you know i could you know i can i can make money off my own back by using these various digital channels that are open to me and things like that which hopefully my well my personal hope is that this next generation now of wrestlers that you've got coming through they're they're seeing a totally different landscape than the likes of your you know your kevin steens and people that generation of people that came through like for them, the target had to be to get to WWE because that was the only the only way to make any money. Whereas now, there are different targets than people can have. I think there's a lot of ill feeling towards the way that WWE treats people, and I don't think that seeing those three letters on a paycheck are the same pull or the same target for younger people that they maybe were ten years ago or fifteen years, because you know, because people aren't necessarily seeing it as the the best place in town or the place where you can make more money. So, yeah, with a bit of luck, you know, we we might be sitting here in five years, six years, you know, talking about people actually, you know, turning WWE down and choosing to go down other channels or people like letting their contracts run out and just walking away. And whether it's they go to AW or they just do their own thing, then, you know, hopefully hopefully we might see a bit more of that because as much as like I'll slag WWE on here and as much as you do, I think it's fair to say we both are, we, or we all wish it was good kind of thing. We all mm-hmm. wish that the, the best show in or the biggest show in town was actually putting a product on that we were interested in watching, that had compelling storylines and compelling characters, and was putting on great matches because the wrestling industry as a whole would be like healthier if that was the case and it's going to take some kind of like monumental shift in mindset amongst the workers themselves probably that's going to make WWE think, oh shit, actually, we need to change our thinking here and we need to put a bit more effort in here because people aren't just going to lie down and take it off us and, you know, fingers crossed, we'll we'll see that. That's it. Um,
0: Yeah, I I think it starts, as you said, JP, with like, I didn't expect Selena Vega to be the one but it starts with wrestlers standing up for themselves like I would love Love some of those uh, those commies in WWE. Sammy's Zayn, Daniel Bryan's to poke the head up. Tommy Enns, where's he? I'd love to. Uh, I'd love Ooh. to. Uh, to back. are he going to stand up for his uh, for his partner? Um, I don't know. I think that it's going to take that though, isn't it? It's going to like this is a great step, and it was a great tweet. But you need that follow up, don't you? And like you say, that involvement of, you know, the the the, the unions and, and that involvement of of people who can actually do something about this, you know. the the, the there is question out there about, you know, how much can um can, can Yang really do about this? Um, you know, how much power does he really have? Um, but it's all positive noise, isn't it? And it's positive pressure. So yeah, let's hope that, uh, that, you know, we will be looking back on this in a few years and saying Zalila Vega was the start of something. Um, uh, Alex A made the wrong call. Uh, Ben Carter made the wrong call. Um, yeah, it, it, she's, she's the person to follow. So we got a bit of, uh, got a bit of, a New Japan talk in there, a bit of unionization talk in there. Um, all, all flow together, all work very nicely, all very planned. Uh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> I suppose uh, I'm going to throw it out there to the floor now. What What do we talk next? We've got a, a few stragglers left to talk. Maybe in this last uh, forty minutes or so, we've got talking shopper mania. We've got you know apparently Impact out of pay per view this weekend. Uh, bit of Dragon Gate as well. Uh, bit of Tokyo Joshi Pro also, obviously. Uh, I don't know what, what what's uh, what's big on your agenda. Go on, JP. I'll let it be a uh, dealer's choice for this one.
2: I'll say Dragon Gate, because okay. we, never, we never really talk about Dragon Gate, okay. which is something that I've been thinking about a lot while watching Dragon Gate, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. And, and I say this, I watched two matches from the <laughs> Kobe World Festival show, um, which was the opener and the main, mm-hmm. um, but I saw it with the Engli- English language. And it's a really funny one, isn't it, Dragon Gate? Because w- we're, we all often say it's our blind spot. And it's like, oh, well, oh, why is it our blind spot? Yeah, but it's the second biggest promotion in Japan. Mm. Like, it is. It's bigger than DDT. It's bigger than Noah. It's bigger than all Japan. Like, in terms of, like, the big shows and, like, even the kind of level of production values as well. It's just, like, and it's got lots of great young wrestlers. So this should be, like, the destination place to go to if we're disillusioned with New Japan. But there was like the things that i found kind of when watching it is that while that happens it feels like there's a level of investment required in storylines and um it's and i'll say it bluntly as well it's just too many chiseled young blokes it's just like (laughs) a permanent audition (laughs) for j-pop it's fine i'm kind of used to it but it just is like just constantly there and it's just like kind of all wacky outfits and like I, I put the line in. it's like there's not enough grizzled bastards which is ironic because we mentioned pack earlier on and he was there as well we all described ben k as the lord and savior of brit at the time didn't we <laughs> as a result of going ahead and doing that um which might, is that the last time we went back and watched dragon gate quite Probably. possibly match of the um, year time. Yeah. But it, it was, it was like that. I don't know if they're the reasons, like in, on a kind of much more serious level that it's more to do with who it is aimed at and who it's targeted. At. It's just clearly not me. Therefore there is something that's going to be lost perhaps to me on that. That's not to say that there isn't like clearly great wrestlers and great Wrestling that has taken place from them, God Benno, You think of the Dragon Gate six man and Ring of Honor and and and, and the rest here. Mm-hmm. Um, I would highly like. Uh, first of all, just a a note. Like the, I thought the English commentator um, was class. Yeah, he was good. I thought, I thought he re- did a really good job. Mm-hmm. He had so much. Dragon Gate J. I think his his name is Ho Ho. Is that where he was born? Because
0: that's quite a coincidence. Is that a given uh, name? Drange yeah, It is,
2: isn't it? sounds <laughs> almost like he auditioned for the job. Um, <laughs> it's his name now. I was well, sad Ho Holon wasn't there, but he wasn't
0: well for the match I saw because I only saw because they put the opener, yeah. haven't they, on YouTube? And he's uh, he's not in the booth, unfortunately. Right. He's off doing ho holon no, stuff.
2: He, he was shit mate, I Oh was he? Uh, oh, yeah, I think he was good. Really? Yeah, I, that's the reviews I've seen so far. Fun. Against something that might not have been there. <sighs> um he just seemed to sort of take on sort of like wackier sides. And the other guy was like a bit more like these are the storylines. This is what's going on and him calling the action. But yeah, anyway, opinions are a beautiful thing, aren't they? That opener, I don't know how you guys felt about it. I mean, I I thought it was really good is where I went with it. I think I went 3.75 on it. same. And it was like what you'd want as an opener on a show. And if you were going to show a match to kind of try and intrigue new fans without giving away everything for free or like kind of a, like the main event for free this is exactly the kind of stuff that you do just like a really brutal sprint and i thought i'd be more focused on Akuda, who i think you called baby didn't
3: mm-hmm. you? yeah
2: uh, <laughs> before we started recording and it was handy because like i i hadn't seen them before so like it was handy he looked a bit like a carder for trying to remember that that, that was him um I thought Ishida was great. Like Mm -hmm. some nasty fucking kicks from him. Um, like just like really lobbing the, the, the chairs and everything else. And I thought Akuda's knee selling was kind of inconsistent at points. Um, it just was a little bit all over the place, but like, I thought it was like, there was one point as well. I think he botched a power bomb and just Ishida just kicked him in the head and it felt fucking nasty. Um, and I heard a little bit of hype about this one going into it, and I thought we kind of delivered for, for me having kind of no investment in this at all and watching it. Um, you both watched this, didn't you?
0: Yeah. Well, I thought I'd be the low man on that match because, like, that's that's all I've seen, you know. And it's a it's a fun little ten minute match. I think I think what's good about it, I think the commentary definitely helped with me because like, that is a thing you say yeah. what what stops like a, a Western or you know anyway like the typical like hardcore Western fans aren't we why do we pay attention to New Japan and not the other stuff and I know we've got like about 10 listeners who will shout at us for not covering more Japan but realistically I don't think the majority of people out there are watching much you know past New Japan once it, once it gets lower and why is that and you know the excuse in the past will be that won't it it'll be that there's it's that barrier to entry of not knowing who people are and like you know yeah I made mean, that joke of like oh yeah, okay, you know, I know... You know, okay, he looks a little bit like Okada, so that'll remind me that that's kuda. This is probably like the the trick that the, you know when you get really bad English commentators on uh, on Japanese wrestling shows, you gotta have these tricks to uh, to remind yourself who's who. You don't wanna you don't wanna go full Sodio now, um, but I think the commentary really helped. Though it told the story of you know that you know that he felt cheated and therefore you know that's why we were getting this rematch here, and it made clear you know who the heel was, who the babyface was. Although you know you can tell that without the commentary quite easily, and yeah. I thought it was a genius move to put it on YouTube, really. Really? Um, It's not, you know, I think maybe when we got recommended it by Eamon, I kind of thought, okay, this this must be like a, a match of the year contender. It's not that. Like I gave it 3.75 stars expecting to get grief for that. And that I, you know, like I did, uh, when we watched some, uh, some old Japan for the round table and uh, I dragged down the, uh, the average with my, you know, my, my ignorance of not knowing the story. And therefore, you know, mm. if you're not as invested, you're going to give a lower rating, aren't you? Um, but I think that's kind of where, you know, it's settled as a, as an average on grapple as well. Gareth can probably talk more to that as well. Um, but it was just a fun opener really. And you know, they've thrown it on YouTube. It's like, a I think they need to do more of that. It made me watch it. It made me think, okay, yeah, go on, fine. I've got 20 minutes before we get record. I'll throw this on um, and I'll give it a little go. And like I say, like, not a well. beater 3.5 to 3.75 level match for me um, but you know it put Dragon Gate in front of me it put two characters in front of me that I wasn't you know I'll be honest I wasn't I'm not going to do that thing you know pret- pretend I know they are to be a wrestling expert I'm not hugely familiar with Dragon Gate my days of getting Dragon Gate DVDs in the post stopped in about 2006 uh, when Jimmy Ray stopped going over so you know I'm not the Dragon Gate guy <laughs> but you know it got me to watch so you know that says something um, mm. and yeah I don't know I, I was a Dragon Gate 2 on like the app Gareth as far as like interest goes is it like you know as far as the Japanese promotion goes I know New Japan's like number one but like is is Dragon Gate like the clear number two
1: I think it depends I think there's a lot like that you know based on the actual I don't know the amount of hype that you get around a match and things like that obviously like has a has a massive bearing but I think when um you know I think when when Dragon Gate put on um I think when they put on like Reasonably big shows, you know, we, you do, you do like get the numbers up there where you're getting into your, your like triple figures, um, you know, for them, which is you know probably more than you'd expect. And probably last year, I think with with the volume of high end matches that Miyahara had, you know, I think all Japan probably came out above them last year for you know a number of people that were on there and, and 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 rating. But I think with those below New Japan, I think it all just ends up being about the match to be honest and then if you get someone like me up matches that are getting a bit of hype kind of on the on twitter and on podcasts and things like that people go out of the way to watch them same with dragon gate same with noah and things like that you know it can be very erratic that you'll get that one show that you will get like really high ratings for and then it drops off a cliff for a couple and then it comes back again depending on what a what another, uh, another show is but you know ultimately that's kind of what the app's there for as well really isn't it to kind of you know those, for those people who, you know, certainly from like my my point of view, it was give that avenue or give that channel where, that if you can't invest in something like Dragon Gateway, you're going to be watching it week in, week out or month in, month out. Then you can at least dip in and out and pick up on the good stuff. And if you have got somebody who's performing at a high level consistently over a course of a year you might end up watching like five or six of their matches where ordinarily you might have not watch any or you might watch like one or two which hopefully kind of like puts them on the radar a bit and hopefully helps people you know sort of yeah. invest in the uh in the promotion as a whole i mean this one i thought like yeah it was a good idea to to get it out there and you know stick it on youtube again like i watched it i wouldn't have watched it pretty well i wouldn't have watched it if i was not doing this podcast to be honest it was a very uh it was a very last minute uh last minute watch for me you know it's currently averaging at about well bang on 3.88 on the app so slightly ahead of what you two give it um i actually give it three and a half myself i'm the uh i'm the low man on this one really you know it was it was one of them they were like i was looking at it and i was thinking yeah it was fine and it was a good enough match and mm-hmm. i liked it. you know i enjoyed those elements of it that were nice and hard hitting you know I, I there was I think um, Akuda did there was like two high kicks followed by a brutal knee that he did and I was like I loved that that was such a great little sequence and you know that that knee was absolute perfection but all in all it just felt like yeah it was just a, a good like kind of quick match really that um, that, that, that was there that I, I did enjoy but I could have done without like that chair bollocks and the interference at the start for me. Like I immediately just thought, like need you have? I thought, what's <laughs> this? Like, literally I was like two minutes into the match here, and somebody's getting involved and like, you know, chair over the ankle kind of thing behind the ref. And I was thinking, How can I just do without this. Come on, like first match on the show, just go out and just like keep that tempo up and like knock hell out of each other as you have been. And I, I, you know that that was what that was what brought it down for me. And this is probably one of the problems as well like you say about not knowing storylines as far as i'm concerned or as far as i'm aware there could be a perfectly logical reason why they're using that chair that early because of something that happened last month or the month before or something like that maybe there was something that involves chairs or something like that from the other guy or you know because of the way their characters are built but i think that's one of the problems when you jump into something like this standalone Mm -hmm. without knowing the stories behind the character and things it's always going to sort of spoil your, you know, not spoil your enjoyment, but make you less likely to enjoy something as much as somebody who's watching it, you know, week in, week out. So as far as a standalone goes, yeah, it was enjoyable. Would I be telling people to, like, run after YouTube and watch this match? Probably not, you know. I don't think it's going to, if this had, you know, it didn't stand out to me any more than the Butcher and the Blade on AEW or, you know, some, you know, one of the, slightly better matches on that new japan show like over the weekend or anything like that it was you know it wasn't wasn't wow for me and it certainly didn't make me think yeah i better go and go and watch the rest of this uh dragon gate show or start start getting into drag- <laughs> dragon gate on the back of one match a bit harsh mm-hmm. but you know <laughs> it was a, uh, you know in a, in a when you you think about the level of investment that's involved to kind of get up to that up to, up to that speed like i don't know if yeah. this is the youtube showcase then you know then, then then that's not doing it for me and and equally as well when i look at the what would be the grapple 100 as it stands right now um, for the for the best 100 matches of 2020 there's currently only four dragon gate matches that would make the um, the the grapple 100 this year so again it's not like there's been absolute like banger after banger that you know on the shows that've been able to run this year that's been knocking it out of the park whereas again off the top of my head i can't you know i can't pull the exact number but i'm pretty sure that last year all japan had you know, it was double figures at least. You know, there, there must have been like sort of ten or twelve that were that were in the in the hundred as well. So, again, and, you know, if I wasn't running away last year to watch every all Japan show under the sun, I, I'm certainly uh, certainly see nothing there in the data at least to make me want to do the same with Dragon Gate. Mm.
2: Did
0: did either of you see the main event at all? Was no, no. I think that's that's all you've put on YouTube. But I know you've seen it uh, via your uh, EJP means. Uh, is that going to sell us, JP? Is that what people should watch?
2: No, because no, no. if you thought the interference was too much in the opener, then it was ridiculous. Here. Oh no, I think this and was they, recommended to us for us
0: to, to to start raving about Dragon Gate, get all our listeners to watch it. Maybe this was a bad well, recommendation.
2: As a match, <laughs> I went three and a half. Okay, and I thought it was. It's not like it's a bad. Match when they actually are wrestling. Although I would say that Shun Skywalker's, it's kind of rough around the edges. He's clearly the person that they want to go with, and obviously they put the title on him. And he's got a he's got a look, and he's built like a brick shit house mm. as, as well. So he has all of those things. And Aita was like a really great slimy heel. It's just that he's got like there's about eight or nine of them in this red faction, and they all start attacking Shun Skywalker and he starts making a big comeback and I was thinking it's a bit Jeff Jarrett and TNA this really he, like he, he works his way in <laughs> that would be a twist if he turned up in Dragon Gate like in terms of ill-fitting matchups um,
1: <laughs> open but- the Jeff Gate
2: title <laughs> that should be the, that should be the title <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Gate open
0: the Jeff Gate we've got we've
2: got some contenders this week <laughs> Oh, I do like that. That's, uh, but it's, it It was like, it, it's just, it's too much. Mm. And it makes you wonder about, like, it, 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 this is the kind of alternative that's out there. And it's, it's very, very storyline focused. And it's very kind of drama and almost soap opera focused. And New Japan appears to be going down this route as well, where there's, like, loads of interference. Not to this degree. Like, because it was, like, imagine having your entire stable on the outside and they all just get to attack you and the referee doesn't do anything and he sees it. Well, there's a kind of half-hearted like kind of conversation going on with one of them trying to distract you on the other side. And that kept on taking me out. So when he won, it was like, look, I get what you're doing. It's about establishing him here, but like, oh, it was like, I could see myself as an in-conclusion. Big matches. I could, I could, go along with but it, it just doesn't really feel still feel like it's really for me mm-hmm. we'll give it another try you know people want to say yeah, we'll more recommendations going forward maybe a uh, round. it's not shit oh so no no i suppose i came in with quite high expectations mm-hmm. of what this was going to be like and i didn't feel like it met those expectations yeah,
0: yeah.
2: i mean To that point, I mean, while we do this like little
0: roundup, you know, another promotion, you don't hear people talk much about RevPro, you know, forget it, uh, Mm -hmm. you know. But again, if you want um, my big. my review of, or my, my detailed thoughts on Red Pro, you can listen to the British Wrestling Experience once a month on, uh, on postwrestling.com, um, every second Thursday. I think that's right. Um, <laughs> where we reviewed the last show and, you know, we've been talking a lot about these and we don't, we don't tend to cover, you know, Red Pro in a huge amount of detail on this show anymore, but I did want to stop in and at least talk the main event from the, uh, their most recent show. Um, cause I know we've, uh, we've all seen that as well. That was another one I managed to, uh, to sneak in before we, uh, we started today. Um, this being uh, Will Will Osprey and, uh, and Ricky Knight Junior. Um, uh, you know, for a recommend, recommendation go. I think I feel a bit bit stronger about this. Uh, you know, I won't give you the, the full spiel on the epic encounters. Have you been? Have you been um, watching the, the full
2: show still, JP, or have you kind of faded out with uh, with with well, others? I I faded out with others. Right. I mean, it's it's <laughs> like there are things about as I've said there before. The things yeah. about it I find admirable, but. It's like um, the cost and the time. Hey, it's free now. Really? Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's a story, too. And I was just yeah. wondering because I was like, you know, I don't think, I mean, I saw like, um, you know, Ben Britt away days on Twitter make a comment about it, like, you know, nobody's paying attention to RevPro. And I've made those same comments on BW. Like, it is, it's alarming to me that, you know, this is the one Brit Res promotion running you know, whatever you think about the promotion, and, you know, I do personally think some of that's a, a little bit overblown compared to some of the other promotions we could be really angry at. Um, that's a matter for another podcast. We'll go into that another time. But, like, I, I do feel like there's a there's a feeling of, you know, people don't want to... It's almost like you, you, Rev Pro is, like, something that just isn't talked about <laughs> because, you know, you can only talk about Rev Pro when you talk about them in a negative sense. So they've got that going against them. But at the end of the day, like I said on BWA, they are the one British promotion running right now, or at least putting shows out. And they are the one and they are literally they could they could pull anyone. They could literally have any British wrestler they want at this point who's available. And this is these are the shows they run. And then they're still on Twitch for free. With, you know, they're not on fight anymore, which was, like you say, JP, a barrier for entry. And they're running. And, you know, two hundred odd people are watching the Twitch stream, you know, another under the so via Facebook and, you know, uh the other means that they had this on. There, it was YouTube, Twitch and Facebook YouTube, this one. Yeah. Um, you know, still not a lot of people. Um I, I think part of it can be explained by, you know, repro being like, you know, and quill them being casters like this these these outcasts of really these rebels running shows or, you know, people having strong negative feelings towards them using Osprey or whatever. Um but it is, you know, surprising to me that like yeah, that that is the the ceiling as far as interest goes, because they've the shows I've had criticism of them, production, other issues, you know, it's not always been the most compelling week uh show when it comes to some of the matches, you know, maybe a little bit of a overuse on the contenders for my liking. Um it's just not really felt like a nine ninety nine product. They've now this week, you know, and and the last, and the last show three weeks ago, put this out for free on Twitch. Put a match of the quality of Osprey and Ricky Knight Junior, which we could talk about as well as you know, which was a great match. And still, people aren't watching it. I, I, I don't really know what 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 Repro can can really do at this point because it is quite a well booked TV show uh, for its faults. Um, and I, th- I see it more as a TV show than a, than a pay-per-view at this point. Um, and you know, they've done a lot of work building up to this Ospreay and Ricky Knight Jr. match. They've done a lot of good work in building this. Ricky Knight Jr. has been a revelation, um, on this TV. But yeah, I, I feel like this is going to go in as a, as a bit of an underrated, uh, gem on, uh, on grapple. I can't see there being a, a lot, of, a lot of ratings for this one either. But you know, for, for all, for everything you can say about Rep Pro and those issues, you know, this was, you know, one of my favourite matches of the week. Um, and yeah, I don't think it's going get, to uh, get much talk either.
1: No, I mean, I, mean, I, you know, I personally think that when you're saying there about like, you know, obviously naturally there's the, you know, we are seeing that negativity towards Rev Pro on your Twitter timelines and things like that, where, you know, it's, you know, people obviously got their different reasons for the negative towards it. But I just don't think Revpro have helped themselves with some of this um, side of things as well, from like a marketing standpoint. Like, yeah. you know, I like I was kind of aware that, you know, I was aware that it was on through just me having it planned as something that I needed to put on my app kind of thing, on like my, my little schedule kind of thing. But then I was like, I have to go on the timeline and look for you know what time's it on and you know f- find a bit more details and stuff and, and it's just so quiet I just felt like I, I just felt like even from RevPro themselves like I almost feel like they're like hiding a bit <laughs> or something like that behind this and I've literally just as we're on the phone they just like checking my emails and looking and like the last email I've had from RevPro from being on their mailing list as someone who's bought tickets for their shows in the past was like August like why aren't they emailing me on Friday, telling me that Epic Encounters is on their YouTube channel for free or Twitch this Sunday, and that Will Ospreay, Ricky Knight Jr. is on there. You know, it's. Mm. it's I feel like there's, you know, there's that marketing element to it as well. that just seems to have, I don't know, not run as effectively as as it could have done because as, as much as people don't want to talk about RevPro, they can still talk about it themselves, and they still should be sort of like promoting it and pushing it a bit harder and putting it in your face a bit more because otherwise, I mean, if you think about it. Other than putting it on the app and doing this podcast, that could quite easily have just happened on Sunday and me as a pretty strong wrestling fan have no idea that that match was even happening for free like on on YouTube or twitch on on, on Sunday really so I think I think as much as there's a lot of probably you know Blame might be put towards the negativity. Um, sorry, yes. Sorry, Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings have just scored against Chicago. <laughs> um, as much as, much as, um, as much as it's a fucking big game. Poor uh, Repro can't even get attention from
0: Gareth at half <laughs> one in the morning on a Monday night. Unbelievable.
1: <laughs> as much as um, there's there's that negativity there, that you know they they they've got to take that responsibility and raise awareness and th- themselves because I'm I'm certain that there's got through the through the channels that they've got through the you know through the people that have been rev pro fans in the past either by you know through vod or through like their live product and things there's people who would have wanted to watch this and you know it's it, it, but it's just probably a bit more about making people aware of it and then you know because it was free i tuned in watched that main event and it was fucking good it was really good it like was. you know i've given it four stars on the app and i was teetering like four two five kind of thing like it was it, it was it was at that level there where it was you know i enjoyed it a lot i enjoyed it you know, I've given it the same rating, but I think I enjoyed it more than Hiromu against um Taiji Shimori, really, when I think about it. It was one of them where it was probably like slightly ahead and um, you know, again, like just in terms of Building like Ricky Knight Jr. up and establishing him, like I thought, it worked absolutely, you know, great as a as a, as a main event. And if they had chose to go down the route of him just suddenly like pulling a little roll up and like walking away with the belt at the end, it wouldn't have felt out of place at all, and it would have felt like a real, you know, positive step. You know, as it happens, obviously they're moving forward to set things up with this tournament that you assume is going to be, you know, prevalent in and you know push towards that happening further down the line. But like the match itself for me, just like ticked every box that it needed to and you know I came away feeling like really positive about it and I just you know Rick and I do know someone that I've enjoyed at PCW and TNT I really enjoyed that match earlier this year when we all went to that Rev Pro show when it was against Robbie X that was yeah. a fucking banging little match and like he's clearly got something Like when you see the um, see the size of him in the ring next to Ospreay as well like if he you know from a height point of view he was slightly bigger than Osprey. if he can just sort of like hit the gym a bit more kind of thing and you know put himself in in, in better shape there's no reason why he, he can't look as physically dominant as osprey as as well and then like god you've got a great guy to you know build the company around you know as a as a fresh face and a fresh talent who can really go in the ring who's got a good story behind him and things like that so you know i you know i, I just walked up thinking why is this hidden away you know like you know shout about this, you've, you've got something good there, you should be promoting them, the fact that it wasn't live and it was something that they had in the can, surely they all knew that they had a great little fucking match here that, you know, they could, they could have been talking about in a bit more detail, but it's just uh, it's just all a bit quiet. Best
0: match of the series as well, that's the thing, so they must have known, like it really yeah. was, um, yeah, I don't know, Red Poach can't get out of their own way, can they sometimes do, Feeling really. that's the issue, like, like, I'm even looking at Grapple. It's- I like the ratings are not like spoilers. All three of us gave it four stars. But you know how many ratings there are? Five. There's us three. There's some bloke called Ian Bryant and there's some bloke called Ryan Nietzsche. There, I can literally name the people. And, you know, <laughs> like that shouldn't be the case. Like for a match that was very, very good and, you know, Ricky Knight was great as, you yeah. know, the babyface. Osprey was very good as the heel. The best I've seen him do heel work, you know, including what the limited like interactions he's had in New Japan
2: um and yeah it's just it's kind of going under the radar it it is and is, a lot of it, the things are the things that gareth's said and it, it comes down to those simple cases of marketing and we've mentioned <laughs> this stuff before
3: yeah.
2: and about how they should should have been using youtube i mean this series now with the benefit of hindsight really works better as a kind of web series yeah. in order to kind of get the name out there that's really kind of what it needed to be and this is a match that, you know, in years gone by we would have said, you know, you put that this up on YouTube in order to kind of sell um a bigger match down the line in York Hall and the rest of it. And and those are the things that kind of hold it back. And it's and in their defence, they're not gonna have any kind of a real budget to play with. True. However, then you get into digital market marketing and then what can you do? That's actually for free. What do you do with your mailing list that you have available or do, do with the people that you can actually contact in the meantime? And it's like, yeah, that's kind of what you're going to be doing. If you're putting all your eggs into this at the moment, um, it, it's, it's just that, Oh God, in some ways I feel really sorry for Ricky Knight jr. Because like this, He's having is this breakout on a show. No, yeah. one's watching. Yeah at a time when British wrestling feels like it hasn't been on its knees in this way for quite some time. And it's very difficult to know who is even going to come out of all of this. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's a case where like, this is the guy who should be like the face of the UK, a touring champion who goes around. Dare I say, bringing it back to kind of someone like a Rick, the Ric Flair of Britain (laughs) of, of like, of Ricky Knight Jr. going around, being this really kind of cocky heel, who's also a bit of a face, but can go in the ring. Mm. And it's it's very, very simple. He's it's not like he's a complex character to understand. And you're engaged with it. Whether you like him or whether you dislike him, there's just a level of engagement there, which oh. is what I found all throughout this match. And like I, I kind of couldn't take my eyes off it. Mm. And like you guys went four stars. I thought, oh, that was a really cracking little match um and benno you had to remind us and our and our little um chat group about mm. this oh it's on now i was like oh right shit and then Gareth, you were like yeah look remind me before the start of the main event <laughs> and i'm really glad yeah. that like it was because it was a reminder for me as well as "Ah, like, oh, excellent yeah i'm gonna make sure to to be to be watching this main event because it's a really good match and and for me it's kind of much more about ricky knight jr than it is about will osprey yeah and you would see that with his booking hat on that this is the match he'd want to go to in um your call whether or not it's ricky knight jr is south side heavyweight champion for the unification tournament that he got to announce which never really makes sense but like mm-hmm. you want to have graphics out and about that kind of stuff yeah now. yeah and, and you know there's too much to ask story in the can
0: i mean they're in their own way in some ways in some ways i'm sympathetic to them like i do think that mm. you know there's a lot of venom towards rev pro and you know andy Quilden as as a promoter in general that i just you know think that energy could be better spent elsewhere i don't think they are the biggest villains in this, uh, this brit Res story this year by by any means and unfortunately they've been cast no. at it, as it so i get it You know, they're probably, if anything, shrinking away from being even on Twitter because of, Mm -hmm. you know, the venom that they get. And, you know, the other positive I would say is I actually think it's a good shout putting this on. I, I disagree with, like, I was talking to Will about this. I disagree with him that, you know, he was like, well, you know, you've got to monetize this at some point. And I think Quilden's attitude from seeing, like, the preview video he did is, like, his point of view is, well, I want to get the word out. I want people to see it. So if you're going to do that, you spray to all fields, you throw it on YouTube, you throw it on Twitch, you throw it on Facebook, you throw it where anyone can see it. If that's your idea, I get it. But you've got to do that legwork too, haven't you? You've got to do that, that push, that advertising. So while I do think in some ways, I think, you know, they've been, and some, a lot of it is through their own mistakes and bad PR and, you know, the, the, there are, there's been errors of judgment from Quill themselves too, you know, but, you know, they have got, they've got they got the swimming against the tide here, I think, of, of public opinion but you can still do more because what we should be talking about, like you just said, is how good this match was because, yeah, like I say, I'm watching, I've been watching these things right through. I haven't loved every show. I haven't loved every moment of every show. I've outright hated some of the production, but that's that's just Rev Pro. Um, but, like, you know, Ricky Knight Jr., he is an absolute re- revelation, like you said there, JP. He is... Uh, he, he is going to be the next... You know, top guy in Brit Then Expect it from, you know, you think, you kind of think like you're the young, like the young night kid, he's going to wear, you know, the family shows. He's going to wear, you know, his own family's shows. He's going to have a route to maybe a WWE or something like that. And he's like, he is. And, you know, you'll have seen it, Gareth, back in the day when he was in PCW. He's just, in a lot of ways, as indie as they come. He's like, he's like, a, he doesn't seem to fit like what you imagine the night mold of a, of a wrestler would be. And he's been very rough over the years, but he's really putting it together and he really mm-hmm. put it together. And in this run of shows and the lead to this match, both in how he carried himself in his promos and then in the match itself as like, as the babyface in there, he could be spotty at times, but this was a match where, you know, I think the temptation would be to say it was an Osprey carry job because Osprey went in there with working boots on wanting to get a young guy over like he normally does but Ricky Knight Jr. was, was with him for every step of the match as well so that should be the positive we talking about and you know maybe us talking about it will probably you know lead to some people maybe giving it a shot it is free out there on there uh, on YouTube and Twitch and the like um, but yeah I, I a very good match.
1: I, th- I think one of the things that they really got over there was like a bit of toughness about you know Rick and I Jr. as well because cause he is young looking and he is yes. obviously like young within the industry as as well. But I think the way that match w- was worked, it like yeah you know the the spots and things, but it wasn't as it wasn't as spotty and um, like high flyery and things like that as it as it as it might have been. You know I th- I, I think they like again I talked about like the size point of view before and he probably did look physically more um a stronger presence like next to Osprey than I maybe thought he would have done kind of like prior to the match kind of with the image of him I've got in my mind but then just like little things in the in, in the match where like Osprey was just been that cocky shit like when he walked on his back and he was doing like the Fargo strut and like like RKJ just like slapped him to the ground in one kind of thing and it just made him you know it made him look like he had that physicality about him and then like later on there was a thing where he, obviously with the finish where he was like the hands behind his back and he's like come on then kind of thing and he's like just inviting Osprey to just like you know, just throw strikes at him, kind of thing. And again, I I just really like that from a character point of view. And it just got him across as a as a guy who's like gritty and tough. And he's not just some young guy who's you know is is happy to be in there with the in the ring with Osprey. You know, it really kind of made you feel like he's he's in here and he's going for it. He wants to take that title off him, and he credibly could take the title off him. You know, when I said like uh, earlier, if if they had just done a finish where he just sort of you know had been a surprise roll up or something like that and he ended up going away with the belt it would have looked totally fine and totally justified the way the match was match was put together and like um oh, you know in in a, in a world of brit rest is dead um Sorry. you know it's it's a uh, it's you know something to cling on to there for me is thinking yeah god if they can if, if they can build this and you know put you know continue to develop him then you know maybe maybe there is a bit of hope there for us in a year and a half's time or something like that as this um, as, as as this as um, as Rick Knight Jr grows and hopefully can kind of like build some ticket sales on the back of him and you know start getting a bit of a uh, start getting a bit of buzz back for sure um
0: I suppose we've got a huge amount of um, time left. We've got a couple of other uh, shows to get through. JP, you wanted the last half an hour to talk about talking Mania, right? Is that what
2: we're doing? No, um. <laughs> I don't even know. If, I don't even know if I want to give this a minute. You know, talking <laughs> shite mania is really the best way to describe this. Um,
0: <laughs> I had a good time, you know. I had a couple of beers, but I enjoyed, i I thought it was funny. It was a. It was an hour and a half skit. I think. I I honestly think the of How many cock time. and fart jokes? Mate.
3: Seriously.
0: <laughs> Maybe I'm just immature. <laughs> um, I don't know I, I, you know what I think they learned a the lesson on on this like they didn't it wasn't match 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 like the last one mm. when it was just bad indie matches they tried they, it was more like of a skit show which I think you've got to I think that's what this is it's in jokes for talking shop podcast listeners isn't it uh, maybe that's where I fall for it because I, I, I have been a fan over the years of that podcast I,
2: I did laugh okay in some ways again it felt like watching <laughs> Freddy Got Fingered yeah. where I laughed at two bits yeah. One of the bits was the Roll Undershed and the um which is their Raw Underground. And then they had a soft core match between Rhino, Just Incredible, and Tommy Dreamer. And they were singing like chanting their soft core and they were hitting each other with beach balls and stuff like that. That I thought was quite funny. That made me laugh. And then like and then the other bit was the um there was bits of that and even though it was awful, they did it for far too long. The first time they did like, was it rep repetition? Oh, like, that revolution. was revolution. That was funny. Come on, get him, that getting right that Rick Flair impersonator Paul Lee. Yeah, getting Paul Nathan, Lee and Nathan Orton. Nathan Orton. He was great. He looks like he literally looks like Randy. Like he was I thought he was great. And he goes up on the road and just goes like just as a shrug. <laughs> Kind of vaguely, Randy Orton. Did they say he say his I mean, brother was,
0: or his nephew? It, or I couldn't work out what relation he was. He's a stand-up comedian. I know that from I've seen his uh, his profile, but I don't know what the relation it is. Was, they look like twins. It was so all over
2: the place. Like, oh, yeah, they great. did, and, and he appeared at the end as well. I think as he did the in the well. main event. Yeah, like I laughed at those two bits. So, like with Freddie got fingered, it's like the bit with the him and playing the piano with the sausages in his fingers, which is so stupid. You know daddy would you like some sausages and the bit where he kidnaps his dad and takes him to pakistan by cutting off a bit of the house and effectively drugging him it's like that where there's those two bits but in between that like oh it was it was it was awful mate it was fucking awful <laughs> and it wasn't funny i've given it more than a minute which is more than I, I think what really it is, is. Though, i didn't
0: expect it to be good though either like i you know, that's the first one. was. Fuck. Yeah, it was bad. Um, I don't know. I found I, I can say I, I love that evolution sketch. I thought the main event like with uh, what I appreciated at this time out was like they spent the budget on, you know, you know what? We're going to bring Virgil in. We're going to bring Mr. Hughes in. We're going to bring Ethan Page in. We're going to bring Scott Steiner in. And you know what they're actually just going to do? They're going to do like a cameo in the main event. I was, to be honest, better use of them than, than bothering doing too many matches on this thing for me. I thought I enjoyed that with that as well, uh, for what it was. Uh, it's like the similar to last time where they did, the, they did like a WWE rip-off match. This was the, uh, the ball for a ball match we were talking about last week instead of an eye for an eye. Again, I'm a fan of the podcast, so I'll, I'll fall for it. I could probably watch Gallows and Anderson do anything other than wrestle a serious match. Um, <laughs> and I'll be entertained. Um, but I know, uh, <laughs> I know you were the the, the huge fan of this uh, guy. Was not was the Warlord and the Barbarian turning up in the main event? Not, uh, not enough to uh, to pull you back in, though. Oh, did it, you it, even make it that long?
1: No, well, I, I have been a fan of their podcast like in the past, so I was thinking I didn't watch the first show, and I was thinking, oh, I'm gonna, you know, there's gonna be some fun here. Kind of, I'm gonna enjoy this, and then like that Jericho bit that started it off was fucking awful. That was that. Oh, that was that was terrible. Then, uh, like, (laughs) just basically the next half hour, I just sat there sort of, like, stone-faced, like, looking at the screen, just, like, wanting to laugh, but nothing, like, remotely raising a titter out of me. And uh, then I turned it off, and I was like... Yeah, I'm gonna watch Flare Funk, um, <laughs> yeah. which was 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 definitely a bit uh, better use of my time. Like now, it wasn't until then I was at, like today, like I was at work, and I thought, oh, maybe I should just put it on in the background so it's there, and if there is something funny, I'd like see it. And um, but then I ended up not. But then I saw that like the Warlord and Barbarian were in the main, and that was the like just seeing those names was enough to make me go, oh. I wish I'd hung around to sort of see that, but based on uh, based on your reviews there, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I made the better choice of um, yeah. I think maybe I used that extra hour and a half of my life wisely. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I can't see anything in entertaining turning you round. Uh, I can't see you know again the the Lucha Death Match they had in there. JTG appearance. Oh. Um, yeah, with uh, with, yeah. Cha- with Chavo and Rocky that under the went Oh jeez. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the cinematic style uh, things oh. go for. Could have been worse though, JP. You could have been watching Paul Lee have a wrestler match. So,
2: you know. <laughs> I yeah. I at least laugh at him. <laughs> and that George, I mean, as bad as he is, mm-hmm. like that Paul Lee bloke will weirdly make me laugh. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that is. Yeah. Especially when they turned on him for no <laughs> reason at all. So like, what the fuck is this?
0: <laughs> yeah, but I, to be honest, I think this is the review they'd be after to be honest, they probably yeah. don't want people praising it. Is the idea is it's the worst pay-per-view ever and <laughs> it sounds like for a few guys it was up there um, I'll tell you what, I w- again I would rather watch Anderson and Gallows do this than whatever they do in Impact like, <laughs> they were on that Impact pay-per-view at the weekend as well, winning the tag belts and like again, like it, it, is there anything like to talk about with that like, you know, is... I feel like uh, I don't know. Impact has, it's gotten some pelters on this show, and it's gotten some love. Uh, I feel like Gareth now. Every time I tune in and give them another chance, I don't, uh, I, I don't come away uh, happy about it. Honestly, I think I'd rather watch the Talk, uh, Talking Chopper Mania a second time than watch that Impact baby Ooh, that was on Sunday as well. Uh, I don't know if you got any any more detailed thoughts on that one, JP.
2: No. <laughs> i, I really I, I i just didn't have the energy by that point to start watching it i think uh, the only thing i really took from it actually isn't any of the matches per mm. se and, and and there were bits of i saw of sammy Callahan versus um rich swan which seemed quite good and a natural feud to go to because they've been feuding before it was like the debut of joe during which yeah. is an interesting name from a triple crown winner i mean he had cancer not that long ago and he had a bit of a comeback but obviously can't go back to Japan and just an interesting name Mm -hmm. like will he sort of move the needle no is he the kind of big hoss who carries a bit of credibility yeah and I think that's fine and I think there's people there's a place for people and characters like that around and the name he has from all Japan will perhaps you know, have a few people tuning in to to watch.
0: Yeah, and do you have any big uh, thoughts on the Impact Show? Uh, Gareth, it was it was a B show. It was a it was a house show, really, is what it was. Um, you know, uh, it was one of them. I, I watched it. I kind of you know, I I liked Deonna Parato. Uh Aaron sue Young was a was a fu- was a fun little match. Um, again, very house show, like a three. 0.25. Uh, I haven't put it into to grapple yet. That's how that's how important this show felt. Uh, <laughs> I would probably go three and a half for Rich Swan and, and Sammy Callahan in the main event. I, I did think that was a that was a good little twenty minute match. I do like Rich Swan. I like that he's being used prominently somewhere, mm. even if it has to be Impact. Um, I like Sammy Callahan as well. I know a lot of people don't, um, but I do think he's, he's a, a
2: worker champion, isn't he, Rich Swan? Which is kind of what they need. Mm. Yeah,
0: yeah, and Somebody he's going guy... have some good matches. Yeah, guy not being used elsewhere you know, that's the type of guy you can hang your hat on. For me, they were the two memorable matches of this show. There wasn't a, a huge amount else to it to write home about. Uh, unfortunately for this one, free on the uh it was supposed to be free on the Impact Plus app, but in typical TNA fashion, they upgraded the app the day of the show and it didn't work. So it was free on the <laughs> website instead. TNA's gonna TNA
1: no i will go back and watch them last two. you know i think mm-hmm. while i've I'm maybe uh not going to be watching the weekly tv product as uh religiously as i as i gave it for a little kind of three or four months there during the year i think i'm still you know i'll probably still try and just follow the follow the bigger shows that they do i'm um, you know i i've like said previously i've enjoyed jenna parazzo so quite um you know that two young match probably is standing out as having a better rating and had better reviews than i would have expected it to do so you know put, you know definitely look out for that one again i think the richest one sammy callan um match as well that probably like stands out as something else that i'd watch but as i'm flicking through the uh, card beneath that it doesn't look like there's anything there that's gonna uh no i'm, I'm gonna be sorely uh sorely missing by uh by not making it Part of uh, what I'm watching the next uh, week there, so I think it's probably going to be the uh, the best way of doing it. To be honest, definitely.
0: Well, so as we got we got through impact quickly. JP, go on then. Tokyo Joshi Pro. What
2: out of time,
0: mate. everyone? Sorry, yeah. that's the end of our uh, spotlight <laughs> for that. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Go on. what were you going to say?
2: <laughs> um, really, not too much. It, it's a good match. I'd say four stars. It's not on the app. Um, Gareth, come on. Um, but, and, they, they but it's not it. it's 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 not five stars <laughs> and it, it's fine that's it that's tokyo joshi pro done for another year there <laughs> you go we got our round of it <laughs> anything else you guys have been watching
0: anything else you uh, you want to mention um
2: no plugs no Nothing? Um, I, well i haven't done any any recording i've been doing some research but then you two into that in no? some, some fun research into into jeff Jarrett That's all I'll say at this stage. Okay. Okay. Um, Sounds like I'm stalking him. I'm not. Well, I kind of am, (laughs) but like not in any creepy, bad way. Just throw that out there. Um, Yeah. Other than that, sorry, I'm just going straight to my Twitter handle. Is that right? Yeah, that's fine. Go for it. completely forgotten. My brain has gone completely dead through talking chopper mania. I think that was the straw that broke the camel's back. (laughs) That mention of Mr. Hughes.
0: Was there like some other like uh, I, I feel like you had a big list of things you were gonna watch this shit in this week JP. You've let me down. I felt like there was gonna be more reviews coming. Noah, Noah. I was
2: gonna I was gonna catch up on oh, yeah. that um, was on the list. That was on the list. I didn't. I put Ring of Honor on there as well. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. <laughs> like really. I didn't have that amount of time. And I did actually want to sort of see other things and do other stuff. But there we go. Yeah, follow me at Twitter, JPJP3Es.
0: Oh, we'll get it in the speed round uh, next week. Um, we
2: will. Gareth,
0: anything more from you? Any final words or anything? else sure you want to plug before we go.
1: Yeah, I watched NXT next to Okay. Oh, okay. Remember yeah, cool. About? No, the last twenty really. minutes. Let's I watched... go. <laughs> uh, I really. I watched. I watched uh, Rampage Brown squash Jack Stars because uh, I'm still still a big fan of Rampage, and I'm I'm very pleased for him. Yeah, uh, getting the paycheck there, and just uh, any time I get to see Rampage, just. Uh, Batter someone in a squash match. Yeah, you know, I'm always always going to be up for that. So they, uh, so they got uh, got five minutes out of me this week uh, watching that one just to see how uh, how rampers looked. So very uh, very very pleased to see that. The only other thing I watched this week was just when I was going back and just checking through the the lists, I came across a uh, Terry Funk Eddie Guerrero match from 1989. Oh on wow. Like- um, from when Funk, came, you know, when he just first came back before them flare matches, so you can find that on YouTube if you just type um, "Funk Eddie Guerrero 1989." I was surprised to find that on there, and it's just like a uh, again, it's just a six or seven minute match. Essentially, it's just like a squash match for for Funk, but he gives a he gives Guerrero a little bit there, and so. Uh, that was a uh, that was quite interesting to see because I had no idea that Hedy uh, Guerrero was uh, knocking about uh, knocking about in WCW doing TV matches at, at that point. So that was quite interesting. But um, but outside of that, no, I've not watched anything else. But this week I will be watching Survivor Series 1990 as I go on my nostalgia kick because uh, if uh, I'll be on uh, Graps and claps audio this weekend where. Oh. Uh, I'll be joining uh, Andy and Jeff and Chris You've and been Acer. a better
2: state than me, hopefully. It's
1: all about, well, <laughs> I, I hope not. Know, like, that's a, a fantastic... Fucking worried already because with uh, with obviously not being able to get to shows and things, I've definitely been drinking a lot less. I haven't been drinking in the house much, and normally I'd be uh, there in the Crown and Kettle with uh, with Jeff putting away ten uh, percent stouts. And now I think if I'm going to be trying to keep up with them for three or four hours on Saturday, I'm going to be absolutely fucking destroyed. So you can uh, you can probably look by the time we. Uh, by the time we get to that last match on Survivor Series 1990, I'm probably going to be in a right state. So you can uh, you can look forward to my views on Tito Santana tagging with Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior in that last match there. So, uh, yeah, so that's one to to look out for because I'm, I'm sure that'll be an entertaining show. Um, but apart from that, no, obviously download the app and uh, follow us at Up on Twitter.
0: Awesome, yeah, I will very much look forward to that. Uh, I thought you were about to plug then that you were looking forward to watching Survivor Series 2020, and I knew that wasn't true, because uh, apparently that's <laughs> next Sunday, so lads were reviewing that next Monday, oh. there you go. Uh, we don't, honestly, <laughs> yeah. if you watch it, we'll talk about it.
2: No, just watch Survivor Series ninety ninety much better. There you go, we'll and do a that a great instead. format for the show that they've never repeated since, yeah. the fucking cowards. Yeah. Uh, well,
1: we're not doing a live one for Survivor Series 2020, <laughs> we're all sitting up Sunday night.
2: Look, mate, I'm not going through the stress of
0: video and live streams and Twitch. I'm moving (laughs) next weekend. Survivor Series can get fucked. um uh, we might i might well we might talk a couple of matches from it though we'll see Um uh, but yeah yeah in the meantime from me and amber like i said earlier on uh, this week's music of the map which uh should be out uh tuesday night is a time of recording uh also this weekend recording with uh with the great martin bush being andrew thompson's talk uh ring of honors manhattan mayhem 2007 um so look out for that one on the post feed uh, the week after and like I mentioned earlier, I was on BW last week with uh, with the great Ian Hamilton, with uh, with Martin as well. So you can uh, check out some more thoughts on Red Pro and NXT UK and the like. Uh, hopefully next week I can just go and have a bit of a lie down. Um, I think I need that at this point. Um, but yeah, that's kind of all of it from me. Uh, as you said, there uh, follow JP on Twitter at JPJP. Follow Gareth at Grapple Gareth. Follow me at Benson and Follow the other Twitter. Follow the, the Grapple Op, Sorry on Twitter at Grapple Op. <laughs> it's late, everyone. <laughs> Two or one in the morning. This might be a uh, might be a wrap lads. But uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll be back next week. We'll uh, hopefully talk some Survivor Series. Hopefully, some more Tokyo Joshi Pro uh, and everything else going on the, uh, the world of professional wrestling. <laughs> See you, everyone. Bye.